Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> All right. All right. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, everybody. It is Friday, January 13th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show, coming to you, as always, from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Find out how you can get your MBA. Feel like you're being paid to do so in the process by visiting business.louisville.edu. We're on from 3 to 6 today on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know it better as the Big X. And I can already tell this is going to be an issue. So we... The last, I was just telling Trevor before we came on, there's been some complaints from people listening to the show, not about, not just about us and what we say. We get a lot of those, but besides those, people listening to podcasts specifically have said that I sound too low, Trevor sounds too high, no pun intended. It's the reverse of how it used to be. And I have noticed like the mic that I usually use, I, I can't hear myself as, as well as I used to. And now, you know, we, we had, apparently we had the, the big text come in. And they're like, that mic's scratchy, that mic sucks, that one's unusable, this one's okay. I do sound great in my ears. The problem is it's the one mic that is unstuck. Like, look at this. It just bounces everywhere. I, I, I So I've got to hold on to it the entire show, I guess. I feel like I'm hosting TRL. Oh, dirty looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I know. Yeah, it's just going up. Yeah, the YouTube video would get me. There's doing, nothing I can do about this like that can make it look better. plus check mark on it right now. <laughs> Our first OnlyFans episode of the of the, the TV show, the radio show. Uh, so I, you do sound a lot better, though. I, I do, and it's I great. The fact that you're so fidgety over there. I can't, right I can't hold the, I'm going to have to do like Carson Daly. It's going to have to be TRL from like 1996. <laughs> just holding the mic here. What if you let go? What, what happens to let go of right now? Like you can't just talk and do it that way. What, like ebb and flow? Because it's, go, it's going it's back and forth. It's gonna stop moving eventually, right? It's like a, it's like a loose. It's like he just dunked on the rim and it's just shaking all the way down. All right, is that okay? I guess. Yeah, he's but dead. now I've got to like hunch down. To, you do. You're too tall. That's where we need the camera. Not move the mic up a little bit. Now I've got to wait 20 more minutes for it to stop moving again. Oh, wait, there we go. Uh, that's uh, this, that. this could work. No one move. Nobody, nobody touch anything. All right, we're good to go. I think, I think we're good here. Uh, if you want to text us about uh, mic-related issues, M-I-C, not M-I-K-E, or anything else today, hit us up on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. While you're at it, download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards program app. That'll make you a new member, and new members right now are being treated to a free breakfast sandwich in addition to a free drink. Fountain drink, coffee, tea, whatever you want, Thornton's is going to hook you up. Just download that bad boy, and after you're done, Text us at 502-414-1450. Trevor Kelsey in the house is always rocking a Toronto Blue Jays t-shirt, looking big, looking bad, looking 
ready to back up his guarantee that Louisville's going to take down North Carolina tomorrow. Have you, first of all, we're, we're receiving news right before we came on the air. It's looking more and more like both Armando Baycott and Pete Nance, which is UNC's starting front court, are not going to play tomorrow mm. against the Cards. Are you feeling even more empowered by your guarantee that the Cards are going to take down UNC? It feels like the stars are aligning. It's perfectly coming together. I'm 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 Steve Carell after he just finally lost his virginity and sings that song from Fame. That's the second straight day of four year old virgin r- reference. Wow. Yeah. Well, that, you also did thirty days and thirty nights yesterday. <laughs> yeah, a little, little chart. We have a little chart up here. It's just it's this many days since the four year old since Trevor's made a Judd Apatow uh, movie reference. <laughs> it never gets higher than three. No, it never does. <laughs> never goes above three. Uh, but yeah, um, that's yeah. I'm I'm. I didn't even need to know that. When I as soon as the Clemson game ended, I had the feeling. I felt it in my soul, in my heart, in my gut. And it could have been the Mexican pizzas and pre-rolls I was using that night, but it, okay. either or. All right. <laughs> it was it was I felt it. How was and your I, I held on to that feeling? I'm not letting go of that feeling. And come Monday. Ooh. You'll be holding that W time. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be walking up in here and you're gonna be like, Trevor, I trust your gut. The next time you guarantee a win, I'm all in. I'm driving to Indiana, I'm launching it, betting account. I mean, you I'm, can already take the points on the game. I don't even know what it is, and I can say you can take it. I don't we're, think it's out yet. Well, it'll probably be. I would assume we're probably going to be at least around nine-point underdog. Oh, think. more than that. Well, at home, I think. kempom has got it at 16. With those guys out, I would bet it opens at like 13. Okay. I would take 13 right now. All right. I would take that because I'll take the money line, too, because Louisville's winning straight up. Oh, boy. And I don't need Paul Abdul behind me singing it. We got <laughs> We've got three hours of this coming your way today. Uh, we also have Josh Hurd talk to the media today after the UofL Board of Trustees meeting and said a number of interesting things. He voiced, uh, he, he made his feelings about Kenny Payne and the season that Louisville's having known. It's the first time we've really heard him make extended co- comments about the state of Cardinal basketball. And spoiler alert, it was exactly what I said it was going to be when we got asked the question. I think two weeks ago, somebody was like, can Josh Hurd have a press conference where he talks about the team? And I'm like, first of all, that's not going to happen. The more likely thing is that he talks to the media after another planned event, and he wound up saying, I think, what most people thought he was going to say. Shocker, it wasn't like, I'm firing this guy. <laughs> if, he, if he doesn't win one more game, he's out. He's done. And it wasn't like, I'm giving Kenny Payne a contract extension right now. Um, he also talked about the Indiana Weasels trying to get out of their football series with us. Made his thoughts known about that. And Good new nickname, by the way. Indiana Weasels? Indiana Weasels. I like that, yeah. yeah. Only for football. Basketball, they played us, and they beat us twice, so whatever. I think we beat them twice. It was like 10 years ago. Play us again in basketball. It wasn't 10 years ago. It was like two years ago. Play us again in basketball. Yeah, we it it was a good series. I enjoyed bringing it back. But outside of that— You just cannot help but touch the mic. I can't. Well, I can't get get comfortable here. (laughs) He he talked about the 2012-13 National Championship honoring— uh, which is going to go down next month when Louisville hosts Clemson. He talked a little bit about the challenges that that presents. And again, spoiler, everybody's like, the banner's going back up that day. The banner's going back up that day. If the banner's going up, he's doing a hell of a job of hiding that fact because I don't, I don't think it's going to be going back up. I don't think that we should get our hopes up for that. But uh, we'll talk about his comments a little bit later. We can get into the North Carolina preview a little bit later as well. But before I do any of that, i got to say, TK, how was the Thursday night, man? Uh, not too bad. Not too eventful, but not too bad. What what three movies did you watch? What did I watch last night? Don't even remember. I literally don't. What time did? Oh, well, I had the high school game last night. Oh, that's so, right. And it, and it Who ran, won? 
uh, uh, Jeff won pretty convincingly, and it, the game started late. It was supposed to go at 7.15 pregame, 7.30 tip, but they had senior night. So it actually didn't tip to close to 8. And then uh, yeah, I, just, I ran home and uh, had poor, I had to take the dog to the veteran this week. Turns out he has like an ear infection, so I had mm. to take like a pill now. So I ran home to give the dog the pill, and then uh, I don't really don't remember what I watched last night. Clearly nothing of importance. Mostly just some reruns. I think I watched the My Name is Earl reruns. That's about it. I fell, fell asleep early last night around 1 o'clock. You're living the life, man. Yeah. Do you ever watch My Name is Earl? No. You've asked me this before. I I think I maybe saw like snippets here and there. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched like a full episode. It's only four seasons. You should watch it. It's a funny show. Is it good? It's I, one of my more favorite shows. Just and, and very underrated. Unfortunately, uh, canceled in the middle of a to be continued. Oh, I think you have said that before. And it, it eats me up inside with that. Yeah. Which I, I have a big time problem starting shows that I know end like that. Yeah, it's it, they were supposedly going to get picked. The, the the guy created it uh, was like offered to get picked up by I think like Fox or something, and but they wanted him to tone down the humor because uh, tone down the humor to comedy. It's because it's bold stance. Yeah, I mean it's and he was like no no thank you and so they uh, they ended up letting him do another show on Fox called Raising Hope which was okay but not as good as My Name Is Earl kind of kind of in the same same breath. It was a lighter version of it, which is kind of what they wanted. I've got a very important question for you. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. If you could get yes, one <laughs> extra season of any TV show that was canceled, or one that just didn't end the way that you liked it, one what second. would you pick? Now, the, one extra season the, of any TV the show. The second part was is an interesting twist to that question. Okay. Because, I mean, there's shows that, I don't know, I don't know how many really have ended abruptly other than that one that I've watched. Um... I would love. Can I can I add an extra season to Game of Thrones so we can do it properly? Sure, but it does not. In this hypothetical, it does not erase the last season that they had. You can't just like change the last. Oh, season. okay. You're just um, adding a season. Wow. So, Bran is the king. John's doing whatever John's yeah, doing. Yeah, Daenerys dead. dead. Yeah, yeah. And you can't. Sorry if you haven't watched the show yet. She's dead. <laughs> you love to spoil stuff. For dead, people, don't you, man? I mean, I'm sorry. This show's been out for oh, like it's been off the air for four years now. I mean, that's not very much time. If you haven't watched it it's yet, taking you that long to watch Glass Onion? I watched no, I watched Glass <laughs> Onion already. <laughs> She's <years>. dead. Oh <laughs> uh, man, that's. I don't think about that. I'll top of my head now. You've got me because I've got the, the my old show in my head. I would pick that, but the problem is, is I don't. A lot of shows I don't actually even. I don't finish a lot of shows. I fa- I. They lose me before they get to the end, and like, like The Office and other shows like that. I just kind of trail off on. Well, you have high standards. I do. Though, I mean, The Wire ended. I love the way The Wire ended. I can't, I can't, I wouldn't include that. I did too. I like, I like The Wire. I, I thought it was, well, a lot of people I know didn't like the fifth season, but I thought it matched perfectly with the media. As, as, I liked it too. I mean, every, every season had a piece in the puzzle of what the story was being told. And when you, when you can put them all together, it makes, it makes perfect sense. Um, I don't know, man. You've got me. You stumped me a little bit on this one. I'm kind of surprised. I thought you would have well, an answer. Would you have, do you have something in your mind? Um, I really liked the show on Netflix that was called Friends from College. That was it's been out for that a couple was, of years. It was only, it was only two seasons. Only two, though. and they yeah. canceled it. Yeah, and I right. really wanted. To, like, by the time we got to the, I, I watched it. I think and midway through the first season, it was announced that they weren't renewing it after the second season had ended, and I was already kind of pissed because I'm like, I'm I'm into this, and That's Mary the, really liked it. And when the second season ended, it made me. Even more mad that they abruptly canceled. That's it. a good call. I, I actually enjoyed that. That was Prince Savage. And, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I watched those too. Those actually, that was a Roush recommendation to me. Actually. I liked it. It was a good show. It was a good one. I um, wish that we had gotten an extra season. That would have been nice. Can can I can I say like something like with like can I just say take away a season from a show? 
And they say, it's like, <laughs> I tell you what, how I met your mother, I would love to just change the, add another season, just wipe out that last eighth season. You're, you're just trying to change things. I do, because the eighth season was awful. My apologies to the texter who's like, we're literally on season five of Game of Thrones right now. Did they? <laughs> well, I'm sorry. You're such a douche. <laughs> this is why you get to, this is this is the karma you get for having the bad mic. This is what this is what happens when you do a spoiler, and this is what ha- you you get you get payback over there. I'm sorry, you get a year before <laughs> I'm going to to mention stuff. Really, only a, a year. year. You get a year. See, I, I, I normally I would have been okay with that, but I think these rules need to change slightly with the amount of content that comes out regularly now. It's got to be hard. I mean, some. It, you of all people should understand how hard it is to keep up with everything. Well, yeah, yeah but I, I even thought, me with no wife and kids, I can't keep up. But with I everything. understand if like a show's been like the I've never seen The Sopranos. I'd like to watch it at some point in time. I pretty much know most of the big things that happen because my friends have been talking about it nonstop. I'm not going to get mad about that. The show's been off the air for over a decade. But I mean, even I didn't want to start watching Game of Thrones until I think it was in the middle of its fourth or fifth season, and I just started binging it and caught up. But you have to understand that there's like I didn't start it right on time. I started in the middle of like, yeah, I think it was like you, like fourth or fifth season, but I knew that like the red wedding got out of hand. So like that was kind of ruined for me, but it's, like, I'm, on, I, I'm on the internet. I, you, you're going to see stuff. It's this day and age. If you listen to anything, if you absorb any sort of pop culture, you run the risk of being, having some stuff spoiled for you. It's just the way it works. The problem with me was the way I watched Game of Thrones was that they were, because the character the actors were changed by certain characters throughout the early part of the seasons. And it was driving me insane because I didn't want to go online and look it up and get spoiled by something. So I thought I, there was only one that got changed. Well, the, the especially the one the um, Daenerys's love interest. Yes, that that's the one that drove me insane for hours because he changed and he, the guy looked nothing like no, the first guy, nothing like him. Which, by the way, the, the guy who played him at the at the beginning, I can't remember his name. He not the actor, but the character. He left for a, what he thought was a better opportunity, and it was like a bit role in some some terrible movie that made no money. And then he ends up leaving what turns out to be the biggest money making show of all time. It's like that's error in judgment. Too bad he get to come back. Like, uh, isn't that what I think that's what Damon Wayne's kid did to my uh, new girl? He left to do like another show on ABC, and they got canceled after like one year. He was like, God, can I come back? Yeah, I got no. He added back to the you didn't watch New Girl. No, I've never seen uh, it. Never seen it. That's not bad. I've heard funny things about it. And the first. Stops after about five seasons. Also, we have multiple texts from people who are saying that all week long, they've been like seven minutes late to the show because they just assume that we're going to start at three oh five. Makes you feel better. It's a new era, the folks. The first fourteen minutes of this show is gone. You literally did not miss anything. You missed a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a new era, folks. We start at three o'clock every day. This is who we are. Spoilers. This is what we do. Here's another spoiler. Lou was winning tomorrow. <sighs> I, I love the optimism. I love I, the confidence. I, I, I cannot tell you how confident I'm feeling. I don't know where where exactly does it stem from, though. What what about this game in particular and I, this it, moment it, has it, you it, so confident? In a way that going into the Clemson game, what how did I say? We I talked about like if they could get that win, where Clemson record wise is better than probably the team is. I think and, so. And and the team not not to say the Clemson's team isn't good and they are a very talented team, but their record I think is a little little overzealous to where the team really is in talent level. We both think they'll come back down to earth a little bit. Exactly. It'll be a tournament team. They may make us they may shock somebody, yada yada. It could probably know we could they could make a run in a tournament. But they're they're not, you know, an upper echelon team at this point, despite what the record may look closer to. And I just think but the, so that would have been like a good win to show on uh, to get this team going. And they they fought well on the road. Wasn't ready to get a good road win against a veteran team like that. This most kind of team I think is just 
a team that just does sometimes plays down to its competition. We saw it last year before it made its run in the tournament. Even then, they played down to their competition in some ways, despite getting some wins. What? They're banged up. Well, I mean, they, they could have, I mean, nonetheless, they made, point is, is that I think they're primed this to be at home. It's it just, it's just, it's, it feels perfect. It has a gut. I can't, I can't describe it, but I know it's, I know it's there. Texture says Trevor is annoying. Has he watched UNC play one time this year? Uh, I watched them play, what was it, Georgia Tech one game earlier in the year, and that was about it. They blew him out. And that was the moment where you were like, we're beating these guys. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> actually, at that point in the season, I didn't think we were going to beat anybody. But <laughs> I mean, what what's Georgia Tech have? That, I mean, I, I watched the IU game against Georgia Tech. I mean, IU and uh, oh, Georgia Tech's North bad. Carolina. They're bad. Yeah. There's no way around it. It's why I think we're going to beat them in one of the two games that we play. Though. But I watched North Carolina and IU as well during the season. IU won that game. IU did win that game. Yeah. I mean, I I, I mean, what do I, I, can, I can watch. I mean, what, what North Carolina, especially without Baycock and Nance right now, I mean, they're. It's not, they, they're it's a backcourt team that they it's were not last Baycock. year. Whatever. What I call <laughs> <laughs> He is to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, no, no, I'm all up. Imagine if I had to interview the guy. No, I can't. <laughs> How long do you think before he just gets pissed at me? Very quickly, if you call him Armando Baycock right at the beginning of the interview, it's probably not going to go well. It might not go to the first question. Um, if they the the North Carolina Inside Carolina website, which is their twenty four seven sports site, they refer to Armando Baycott as quote very questionable at best, which basically means he's not going to play. He's also referred to by Huber Davis as being further along in his recovery than than Pete Nance. Uh, Baycott got hurt on Tuesday against Virginia. He's averaging 17.6 points and 10.6 rebounds. I mean, you don't even need no, to know good. the numbers. Yeah, you, know. you know how good he is. Yeah. You know he's a double-double machine. Um, and you also know, like, he wants to play really badly in this game. Not because Louisville's good, because they're not. But he talked in the offseason. He talked at, at ACC Media Days about how much he enjoyed the fan base just hating him. How, how much he enjoyed the fan base getting on him for that game last year at the Yum Center. And I think he said he was looking forward to it. But... It sounds like Pete Nance not going to play either. He's UNC's third leading scorer at 10.9 points per game and second best rebounder. He's also a capable shot blocker. Like, that's not a small thing. It would be a bigger thing if Louisville had been more productive inside recently. But this is what this says to me Sidney Curry, it's time. Like, like you played, he, he played fairly well against UNC both times last year. And now they're without their two top front court players. If we're going to have this same late season emergence from Curry that we saw a year ago, like this is the moment. He should have ample opportunity to put up some points. We know about his defensive limitations, though shouldn't matter as much against UNC's backup forwards. Like if Sid's going to turn it on at any point, it should start Saturday. Like he's the one guy around? that can say what? You coming around? No. Okay. <laughs> but I'm saying he's the one guy that should be able to take advantage. He's our best interior scorer, and I, I hope he has a big game. If he doesn't, then it doesn't really matter that you don't have Armando Baycott and Pete Nance not playing because you're not able to take advantage. I mean, it's time, Sid. And he's shown. I mean, he's been playing harder. I think the last few games, he, he's been more active down low. He's trying to do some things defensively. He's finishing better around the rim. He's he's been better recently, and uh, maybe that's another good sign for Saturday. So. Like, 
don't get me wrong. I can see how Louisville could keep this thing very close and potentially be in a position where it could win in the last minute or so. I am not ready to guarantee a victory, which is is where you are. I love it. I, I, I love it. This is it. This is the game. I'm not there, though. We've been needing this game. This game is perfect for us. It's, it's all, it's just perfect. Now, the, I just want to say today, today may be Friday the 13th, but North Carolina's nightmare starts tomorrow. I like it. I got chills. <laughs> the Ironically, other- Friday 13th released five weeks before Friday the 13th in 1980. Did not know that. It was really. Seems was, like an error in, in publicity. It was released on May 6th. Five weeks later, it was June 13th, Friday the 13th. The marketing director for that film, really. First of all, you're not releasing it around I'm, Halloween. I'm dropping the, the Second of all, you're releasing it five weeks before a literal Friday the 13th. Just seems something that would never happen in this day and age. No, 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 no. We've, we've picked up smarter things since then. Now, without Baycott and Nance playing, I think you, you'll see like, there's a chance that UNC could go with a really small lineup, which. That would present a lot of problems for us because we are not small. They could go with um, Davis, Love, Puff Johnson, one of the best names in college basketball. He's been there for, it seems like, a decade. Has he? Feels like it. I feel like I was doing the shows with Perrin Johnson when Puff was being recruited. Leaky Black, uh, another one of the best names in, in all of college basketball, and then Justin McCoy. Or they could go, Jalen Washington's a talented big man. He's a freshman, but he's not been playing that much because he's got two older guys in front of him. They could go with him, see if he... I mean, if you play the freshman who's kind of unknown, then you know he's going to go off against us. Yeah, Puff Johnson's only a junior. Junior, like, typical junior? True junior. His freshman, true freshman season was 2020 still a long time in today's basketball. Yeah, I mean, not as long as the guys that... Uh, the other guys I just reeled off on that lineup. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, true. The issue becomes, if they do go with the smaller lineup, the, the guard-heavy lineup... I mean, Louisville, are you better suited to just go zone? Because you've got L on Caleb Love, potentially. Then you're playing a much larger defender and, and theoretically slower defender on R.J. Davis, who's been good as of late. Like, I would like to see them zone that team, I guess. Which, Either way, they're going to get points. It's Carolina. They're going to exploit your weaknesses defensively, which we have a ton of. We're going to have to get, whether it's Sid dominating inside, Mike James continue, continuing to do his thing, we're going to have to have somebody who has like a career-type game. Not a career-type game, but maybe like the best game of their season. We're going to have to have L go into God mode, Mike James go nuts, Kamari Lands go crazy. Jalen Withers has had good games against North Carolina historically. Maybe he can have a big-time game. Someone's going to have to play well above their season averages in scoring if Louisville's going to have a shot to win this game. I agree, and uh, I, I think Withers is a nice call. I mean, I think I, I mentioned him, and obviously Ellis yesterday having the North Carolina ties, and probably still a little, little bitter from the coming so close shit, not getting over that hump last year against North Carolina in both their games with some of the guys, including Ellis, including uh, Simi Curry off that roster as well last year. So I mean, uh, Withers is a good one. I, I don't know. You're, you're gonna call me crazy here. I like it. You already called me crazy in anyway, picking this win. But I am. I like Ellis to have a solid game, obviously, which is required if I'm going to pick Louisville to win anything, probably. Uh, James does continue, and Curry does have a good game as well. Okay. We get double-double out of Brandon Hunley. Happen you love BHH. You're, you're a BHH believer forever. I, for, 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 I'll be honest, for us to get the win, we probably need something close to a double-double out of him along with everyone else's normal con- contributions to begin with. 
Yeah, I, I mentioned Sidney Curry as the guy who could take advantage of, of Carolina being without its front court. Huntley Hatfield is the guy that on paper you would point to and circle and say, well, this is a game where he could explode. This is a game we just have seen so little from him recently outside of the end of the game against Syracuse. Like he hasn't been as active as he needs to be, but he should against a m- smaller or more inexperienced front court be able to go out there and like you said, he should be a double-double threat in this game. We just haven't seen him trending that way recently and it's become one of those I'm going to have to see it to believe it type deals for me, but I like the call. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, certainly, we've seen him show it before. Yeah, and I'm not saying he's going to put up 20 and 10, but I'm, I'm thinking 14, 14 and 11. 14, maybe, maybe. We would take that. I would take that, take that seven days a week and twice on Sunday on any any game, let alone just against North Carolina. If we were able to beat UNC, the fun thing about it would be. Not if, it's when. It would, <laughs> it's what it's going to be. It's what it's going to be. If we had done, it'd be the same thing. Remember last year? They were kind of teetering on the brink when they came in here for that game at the KFCM Center. They'd lost, I think, three or four. They'd gone from all these preseason expectations to, you know, we can't afford a loss to a team like Louisville if we want to make the NCAA tournament. Hubert Davis sucks. Get Hubert Davis out of here. If you can't go to the tournament with this team, what are you doing? And then they won that game where we absolutely should have won. They got a little hot. They beat us again in another close game in Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. And you know, the rest is history. If they lose this one, they're they're in a similar spot. Now, Hubert Davis has built up a little bit of, of goodwill by going to the national championship game last year. But yeah, UNC fans, long in Chapel Hill, it won't. And, I mean, honestly, nor should it. Like, UNC was preseason number one. They're out of the top 25 right now. They're flirting with being on the NCAA tournament bubble again going into February. And even if they don't have these front court players, it's a Louisville team that, I don't know if you guys have heard this, is 2-15 and 0-6 and and in the ACC. They see this as a... Not even like a, a a must win as a let's not even talk about the possibility of losing. If they lose this game, UNC fans will be in shambles. I would enjoy that. Like that's that's another positive outcome for if Louisville is able to somehow pull off this this upset tomorrow afternoon. Is you would have UNC fans kind of swimming in those Kentucky fan waters for a little bit, where it's like this should never be where we are. This is ridiculous. I'm pissed off. We're gonna start bringing signs to games. All that good stuff. Like, this win would put them in that position, which would be great. What if I told you that North Carolina's 0-4 in two road games this year? Would that would, how, how would, would that something you'd be interested in? I like that. I like that. Who have they lost? They lost to IU. IU, Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh, and Virginia. And those are, besides Virginia, those aren't great losses. No, they are not. IU was playing better at the time. But then again, we didn't, I mean... Maybe, you know. Virginia Tech kind of sucks. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, I mean, you're making a compelling <laughs> argument. I'm not there, but I'm, yeah, I'm acknowledging yeah, that these are all good yeah, points. Yeah. These are all good points. Uh, I tell you what, let's take our first break. When we come back, I want to get to, jo- speaking of making points, Josh Hurd talked about Kenny Payne today. He also talked about a number of interesting things. We'll get to what he had to say, and then we'll take some of your all's thoughts on the Thornton sex line at 502 414 1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Happy Friday to you. We're rolling on next here on 1450 The Big X. 
All right, welcome back in. Friday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. TK, Joe Lenardi is out with a new bracketology. We're on the, not the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, or sixth, but seventh out? Did not make the cut. <laughs> I wonder if he would, if Lenardi would, if he was a true bracketeer, he he would, uh, remember Rocketeer, that movie? What underrated name? Great movie. Yeah, I was wondering, that movie. Someone don't even talk about that movie enough. But anyway, back to, back to Lenardi and how he's living his head in the clouds. If he was a true bracketeer, he would he would rank them all, not just the 68 and, and 72 or whatever. He would go all the way down to 300 and whatever it is and say the order they have a chance of getting in. That's a, If a man was really stuck in a bunker, that's what he would truly do. I believe we are the 263rd replacement team if there's a new COVID outbreak. That keeps 263 teams from playing in the NCAA tournament. So we, we're there. Six in, there's a chance. But he does have Kentucky in his next four out. Ooh. Not even the first four out anymore. Next four out. Ooh, bird. They're out. He's just looking for clickbait BBN. So we're basically having the same season. No. Neither one of us are in the NCAA tournament. I mean, it's, 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 it's like that, 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 you know, the Spider-Man, we're looking at each other. We're the same. We're the same. Yeah. Whole state is just sad right now for the same exact reasons. We want to get better. We're not getting better enough. And we're missing the NCAA tournament. We feel your pain, UK fans. We're all the same. Let's just get together for one time. We're all the same. All right. Josh Hurd talked to the media today after the UFL Board of Trustees meeting, uh, which took place at 9 o'clock today. And he was asked the question that I think a lot of people have been wanting to hear his answer on, which was... What's the name of the stadium? He did talk about that. Oh. He did talk about that. We can get into that a little bit later. Big X Cardinal Stadium. Mike Rutherford's Marina. <laughs> can you imagine if we named Cardinal Stadium? It's like we we have one working mic in here. Can we can we get that fixed before we name Cardinal Stadium? Be a little bit upset. Now, It'd be great for the brand though. <laughs> Welcome to the X. <laughs> DM- <laughs> X gonna give it to you. Gonna get you to make it. <laughs> What's that have to do with Louisville? Don't worry about it. <laughs> you didn't have an X in your name. Don't worry. That doesn't matter. So the question that's out there, and we make a joke about it all the time. We, it's on the text line every single day. We hear about it everywhere. Is there a chance that Kenny Payne's first season at UofL is his only season at UofL? What has to happen for Josh Hurd to pull the plug on Kenny Payne after just one year. The first I've heard of this. And I think that that Hurd, I'm not going to say that he went so far as to like guarantee that Kenny Payne's going to get a second year, but everything in his comments would indicate that he is going to give Kenny Payne a second year regardless of how these next seven weeks play out. He said, as far as supporting Kenny, it's extremely important to me. And until he does something that says, hey, I don't think he should be our basketball coach, I'm going to support him 110%. But I can promise you that he has not done one thing that has shown me that he shouldn't be our basketball coach. Now, does that mean that any of us are satisfied with two wins? Absolutely not. It's extremely frustrating. I know it's frustrating to Kenny. I know it's frustrating to the staff. I know it's frustrating to the student-athletes. That's the answer that I guaranteed he would give you, which is, are we happy being where we are right now? No. And Kenny Payne's, he's more unhappy than anybody. Like, oh, that, that wasn't an exact quote? No. That, that Well, that was an exact quote. But what I said was <laughs> the second part there, which— it was the easiest thing to predict in the world. Of course, he's not going to come out and be like, if we don't get to four, he's gone. He's at the bar right now. Yeah. I'm, drawing, 
I'm taking a tip from my man TK. I'm putting a line in the sand right here. If our <laughs> if our assist rate remains the lowest in all of college basketball, he's gotta go. Like it's it's not gonna happen. We just came out and said we just win against North Carolina on Saturday. <laughs> fired. Well, it's funny you should ask You're that, Eric, fired. because <laughs> if he doesn't get this thing done tomorrow, we're moving on. Danny Manning, your show for the next two months. I'm, t- I'm bringing Jay Wright in. Well, would you would you would you move Manning up or would you move Derek up? Well, Manning's the associate head coach, so he would like that matters. Well, why? Who is Derek? Also, <laughs> Dennis. <laughs> who is Dennis? Smith. Nolan. Nolan. Whatever his name is. Good God. <laughs> Dennis Smith, the guy that played guard for NC State. You named his dad the <laughs> NC State guard, and <laughs> before we got to his actual name, Nolan. <laughs> Move Derek up. I was like, Josh, can you name the third assistant coach? Yes, yeah, uh, Jenna Jameson. Josh Jameson. Whatever. His first name is irrelevant. It's Jameson. <laughs> the only reason I remember is because of Jenna. It's amazing that that's the only one that you got kind of quickly. Because <laughs> I can connect it to something. Heard continued. He said, I can promise you I don't go home satisfied with we're getting better. And Kenny, even more so than me. We don't want to go home and say we're getting better. We're making progress. So we understand the expectations in this program, and the expectation is to win a lot of basketball games and compete at an extremely high level. For me, it's the same as it is for any program here in the athletic department. That is about progress. That is about where we are now to where we want to go. Got a long ways to go. Yeah, we're, I mean, we've made progress. Now, I, don't, I mean, where we want to be, where yeah, we... We're binoculars. We can't even see it in binoculars right now. Now, this may not be what what people want to hear right now. I'm sure it's what Kenny Payne wants to hear. And even if he's heard it from him behind closed doors or even if he's felt the support from Josh Hurd, I'm sure it has to feel good to have this public vote of confidence from his athletic director. And if Hurd is, as it sounds like he is, content with Payne being the guy moving forward and hopeful that he can be the guy long-term, this is what you do. I mean, you want to make the head coach feel as supported as possible. You want to give him that freedom. You don't want the coach walking on eggshells. You don't want like, this is a classic AD move. Is he saying different things behind closed doors? Maybe. I mean, I'm I, I guarantee knowing a little bit about Josh Hurd that there is no part of him that's happy with Louisville basketball having the worst season that any of us have ever experienced in his first year as the full time AD. Like, like that's nobody's happy right now. I mean, he followed the the, the, the AD. Guidebook properly, but 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 what? But does he, was anything he says going to make any change anyone's mind who was anti pain at this point and feel more warm and cozy? No, I, I think the only thing that it does is it eliminates the shred of doubt that we had. Like if he had done something where or said something where he had included like a little bit of hint that opened the door, or that purposefully it felt like purposefully was indicating his displeasure with what was happening right now. Like if he was like you know. That's something we're going to have to talk about after the season. We're not happy right now, and uh, Kenny has to understand that this can't continue, like something like that. Then I think that would have opened the door to people being like, he may fire him after this year, or they may have to come to some sort of agreement. He did none of that, which I think confirms what we've all suspected, which is that unless Kenny Payne chooses to walk away himself, he's going to be here for at least one more season, and more than likely more than than, than one more season. So safe to say he didn't put out the said fire, but he didn't stoke it either. Yeah, I mean, he said what you would expect an AD in this situation to say. Now, he did go a little bit further when he was asked about why Louisville's in this spot. You know, this is... Patrick knew who I was talking about. What? Patrick said, I know what he was talking about when he said Derek. 
<laughs> He's texting in. I thought I just I kind of wanted to see you go through the process. <laughs> How many names I could get through before I got to <laughs> Honestly, if I hadn't just said Smith out loud, I probably would have gone through a few more. <laughs> what other Smiths could you give? Kenny. Kenny. <laughs> Calvin. <laughs> Joseph. Um, so Josh got asked, how do you end up here? How does a program that 10 years ago was a couple of months away from winning its third national championship wind up 343rd or whatever we are right now in the net rankings? And he did go so far as to kind of make some excuses for pain, like like some, some Val excuses. He said, if you take a step back, and this is really hard to do, it's really hard for fans to do, it's really hard for me to do, it's really hard for Kenny to do, and say, hey, what were we dealing with when we made this coaching transition? Look at who was on this team. Look at look and the track record that they had previously, and look who's not on that team now. And I don't want to sit here and be a broken record and say, oh, you know, the IRP was a cloud, but it was. That's a fact. A lot of people look at the transfer portal and say we should have gotten some high-level recruits. Well, most of your high-level kids in the portal want to compete for a championship. They want to go to the NCAA tournament, and everybody here, everybody here thought best-case scenario was we get a one-year postseason ban. So imagine being in Kenny's shoes and saying to a high-level transfer, you have one year of eligibility left, come play for me. First question, do I get to play in the NCAA tournament? Everybody's thinking no, that there's going to be a postseason ban. And right away, Louisville gets scratched off that list. Now that all that's behind us, we're focused on the future and getting everything around this program headed in the right direction without anything holding us back. We've got that opportunity to take advantage of now. That's not lost on me, the expectations around this program. So heard there is echoing kind of what we've heard from Kenny Payne about, look, we couldn't get kids in the transfer portal last year because of the IRP stuff. And again, I love Kenny, love Josh. I don't buy this argument because there were multiple programs in the exact same situation that Louisville was who had the exact same inability to tell potential transfers, I can't guarantee you that we're going to be eligible for the 2023 NCAA tournament. No. For, and they all got kids. For the record, we may, we don't know. They may have lied to those kids and be like, hey, listen, don't even worry about that stuff. We're going to get away from it. Well, I mean, we could have lied too, I guess. I, yeah. I, whether whether you accept the excuse or not, the point is, though, that excuse is gone now regardless. It is. It, there's no so, question I about mean, it. It's, it's, you, can, you can say you believed it. You can say you didn't. You can say it was BS. Yada. It doesn't, now it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's, 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 it's all in, in, in the past. And now it's all about whether – you can do it now in this transfer portal coming up, and you got to do it, and you got to do it strong. Yeah, the best way for this narrative to be shot down or to be proved, if you're Kenny Payne, if you want to say, look, the only reason why I didn't kill it in the transfer portal, the only reason why this roster, my first roster, wasn't better constructed was because of this NCA stuff, and we're all kind of like, man, you know, it seemed like you could have gotten somebody. You got Brandon Huntley Anfield. You could have gotten more kids like that who weren't down to one year of eligibility and just wanted to come play at Louisville because it's a – you know, more exposure, more playing time, more whatever. If you want to, to shoot that down and say, we tried, the best way to make that happen, kill it in the transfer portal this year and say, this is what would have happened had we been at full strength last year, had we not had those those questions looming over us. These are the types of players that we would have gone and got. In slight fairness, I think Hun- Hunley Hatfield's perspective is not as much playing in the tournament as making the NBA. That's, I mean, that's the story. He's, and he that, and he that, told it, Kenny Payne, I want to be here for one yeah. year. And Kenny Payne said, let's do it. And that's, I can see where that would, so not having a shot, shot into the tournament, which good thing for, him, it's not an important thing because it ain't gonna happen this year. Uh, it's, it's uh, what was didn't factor in his decision. Well, Andy got to hang out with Jack Harlow. Harlow closed that deal, yeah, he did. He got to he got to dunk over his 
slightly over his shoulder. Well, that was later, but yeah, <laughs> his visit, he hung out with Harlow. Um, well, is, is it me or is that dunk just kind of like a nutshell? I mean, Hatfield's first part of his career, the whole it's basically the whole season. It's, it is. He's like, I made it. We're we like, dreaded that. We saw, we were like, man, come on, this kid, this is so bad. <laughs> you can't jump. You can't dunk over somebody if you don't jump over them. Yeah, and, then, and they try to show the camera angle to make it look he did it, and it's like, oh, come on. Yeah, it's yeah. That has been this season in slightly of a nutshell. It kind of has, but this is this is Josh Hurd going a little bit above and beyond. I think to defend Kenny Payne, he, he's he's not just saying I support Kenny. We're going to get better. Things are going to get better. He's not happy though. I'm not happy, but we trust things are going to get better. He's going so far as to say this is why things are bad. This is, you know, we had, he's implying that, you know, we had some bad apples on the, the team last year, that there were, you know, things happening behind closed doors that left everybody wounded and, and they're still trying to get over that. And like, like, all the things that we've kind of heard from Kenny himself are now being said by the, the athletic director, which again, should not come as a giant surprise. He, he's doing what he's doing. He's, he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's supporting his guy. He's trying to give him the best possible chance at success. At the end of the day, all that matters is this team being much, much better next year. And if it's not, then none of this is going to resonate with anybody. If it becomes we couldn't get players because the IRP and we're still not getting players now, though, and the, the roster's not any better, the team's not playing any harder, the the style of play doesn't look any more cohesive, all of this is going to go out the window and the fans are going to be, if we have five wins this time next year, the, people aren't going to be patient. The, oh, the, no, the, the few no, who no, are no, still no. being patient right now will be done. It's why I keep saying this. Especially depending on what kind of recruits you bring in as well, or transfers you bring in particularly. And then you still have a five, six win seat type season. I, we are every Louisville f- basketball fan. And I know people don't believe this is desperate to be optimistic. Is de- and you saw some of that last offseason when, you know, when Payne got hired, you know, I know it now everybody's rewriting history and saying you can't expect this guy to be a miracle worker in, in year one. Look at all the Louisville fans who, when he was hired in March, were expecting him to be a miracle worker, who wanted to desperately believe that this was going to be a quick turnaround, that we were going to get all these five-star players, DJ is going to come here. Like, that was a lot of U of L fans were saying that type of thing. And this summer, I mean— I keep saying when we get kids, we're going to have to get kids. There's no way around, even if they're not good. Like, watch the enthusiasm when we start to get guys in the transfer portal. Like, the the, the fans who are so desperate for something good are going to talk themselves into whoever we get being the next best thing. Just like we did with Satterfield his <laughs> recruiting class. Yeah, except he started getting, like, legit guys. I'm saying whoever we get, everybody's <laughs> going to be like, this is what we need. He's exactly what we need. What we need. He can dribble. We're going to be great next year. And, like, that's... Go, only going to last so long when they start playing game, if they come out next year and we start hearing the same stuff from practice from people who are watching practice which is like I don't know they're not looking very good people are going to start to get worried again if they look bad in exhibition play people are going to be on edge but everybody wants this to work everybody wants something good to happen everybody wants this to get back to being fun again and if it's under Kenny Payne fantastic perfect if it's not, we need to find out as quickly as possible and find out who can make it fun again. And I think that's why I'm not – I refuse to buy into the whole – if he wins 10 games next year, it's showing progress. No. We There's no excuse at a program of our stature in this day and age with instantly eligible transfers, with NIL and recruiting, 
and with a guy commanding your program who was supposed to be the best in the recruiting game, there's no excuse to be woefully bad in year one and just slightly better in year two. There's no excuse for your first two years not going to the NCAA tournament in one of them. No, this was your one get-out-of-jail-free card, your mulligan, your do-over. Your, right. Your, your, I don't know what other terms you can use for, for, for what I'm trying to say anymore. Those are the only three I kind of got off the top of my head. So, I mean, that, that's Paul it. Pass. Paul Pass, thank you. There's no... That's it. It's this year. And, and you know, it was – you were given even a little bit of leeway because of the – whether you believe – again, we argue whether you believe it or not, the whole NCAA thing hampered your early first recruiting class or transfer portal class, whatever you want to say. But that's, again, all gone. This is it. There's no more. Done. I mean, you can you can tell me all about the culture. If you listen, if you haven't, if you haven't built a steady framework of what culture you want by this by, by early next season, then you're not building it to begin with. I mean, it's it's all it's all right now. This season, we've got the hiccups. We've had some ups and downs, mostly downs, very few ups. Up on Saturday, though, and hopefully, we can have in the season on, on somewhat of a high note. But it's all going to start as soon as the season ends and the transfer portal opens. That's it's almost like the season's going to be just kind of forgotten about a little bit. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, it, it, it will be. I mean, if you because right now there's a debate. The same excuses are out there. Or the same rationale is out there for why we are as bad as we are right now. And the big debate amongst the fan base is whether or not you buy any of that. Like, Who's to blame yeah. for all this? Is it the, the sanctions? Is it the players? Is it the staff? What's going on here? If, if he kills it next, is it the outfit? God, just something new tomorrow, Kev. I think it's I think it's a wideout tomorrow. So I, I, assume, really? I assume he's not going to be wearing the, the Star Trek outfit, but we'll see. <laughs> just a different version all in white? Please no. But if if they kill it next year, let's say they make the NCAA tournament comfortably, then all of this becomes valid. Like like then it's very very clear to sell to the fan base. It was the we had some bad apples that were wounded, like all the, the building the culture stuff, all the IRP and everybody, even me who's sitting here saying like I don't, I mean I, I you could have gotten players, we should have done more. I'm sitting here and being like I'm sorry, like you we clearly you were right and. Everything that happened year one, it's forgotten. Let's roll. But that has to happen. And if it's a – let me ask you this. Let's say that Louisville is, like, not one of the, the first eight teams out of the NCAA tournament, but they're, they're, they're sort of listed as a bubble team in February. They miss it. They miss it relatively comfortably, but they were in the mix. They, they were close. They clearly were much, much better than they were this season. Come on, next season. Yeah. Is that good enough for you? Probably not because I expect him to also pull at least one or two good names in the transfer portal. And if that's the case, then you have talent added to this roster. And if you have certain guys come back that I particularly hope would, and you add those to those guys in the transfer portal, and then maybe the two freshmen we also have coming in and from, from Glenn and the other kid, was it Caleb Williams, I think? Curtis. Curtis Williams. Yeah. Um, that's half right. Of course, his last name is Williams. Hard to get that one wrong. I didn't, didn't know. I, I just, I think you should be more comfortably on the bubble, if, if past the bubble at that point, especially with the, especially the fact that I don't think the ACC, the ACC should still be as as open as it is this year. I feel. I mean, and maybe people think this is too. This was your, this was your fall off the bubble, get near the bubble, be away from the bubble, yeah, year, and you're you're way off the bubble, and that's fine. I was hoping you'd be closer to it, but that's okay. Maybe think, maybe people will think this is too hard line, but. I'm not budging on year two with a new head coach. You should be in the NCAA tournament at Louisville. 
I, I think you I'm, I'm kind of with you. Yeah, I don't. It's like saying, like, let's say Michigan football sets them down here. I think Michigan in football, I know historically they have more success, but if you're ranking like the best programs in football history, Michigan's probably in that six seven range. Would you Would you say? Yeah, their history. Like helped, Bama, yeah. Notre Dame, Ohio State. Well, Oklahoma. Notre Dame might be a better example of where I think you're going, but okay. Okay, well, let's use Notre Dame. Then. Okay. Even though they, they're more like UCLA, I think, in basketball. But whatever. Notre Dame, Michigan. Actually, very good comparison. <laughs> Notre Dame, Michigan, places of that ilk. Mm. If they had had some hard times, they, they fire a coach who goes 5-7, and seven, which is kind of the equivalent of Chris Max last year, and you bring in a new head coach, and – First year, you're you're one and eleven. It's terrible. It's it's abysmal. Year two, if they're not going to a bowl game, I mean, it's <laughs> no, they're they're. they're not. I don't think Michigan and Notre Dame fans are being that patient. I don't think they're saying like, "Hey, we were four and eight. We're getting better. We're getting closer." Like, you ask the guy at that point, I mean, and that's Michigan, how I Michigan was asking Rich Rodriguez was seven and five going to bowl games, and that's kind of how I feel. Like, I I think that you need to be NCAA tournament good in year two. Yeah. I, I, and I said that from the jump. I, I, I certainly, it, it seems like a steeper hill to climb now than it, it did before the season. But that's because we nobody expected this team to be quite this bad. No, like, I'm sorry. You, you're fine. Go ahead. Now, I was gonna say now, are you are you drawing a hard line there and saying, yeah, this is tournament. I am. If no tournament, no no more no more kidding paint experiment. It's that's where I would say it's the same mm-hmm. thing that I said with Satterfield going into this year. I said if he goes six, if, if he goes five and seven, I, I don't think there's any way you can keep him. And I'm not backing down from that. Six and six, I can see how you would keep him. I personally wouldn't. That was what I said going into this year. Going into next season, and I know a lot of it depends on the roster, but that's on the coaching staff. Like Again, we're not dealing with this NCAA stuff. The only way that I would soften up a little bit on that is, first of all, they've got to be at least close. I'm not even willing to. If they have another season like like this or just barely better, where we're the worst or second or third worst Power 6 conference team in all of college basketball, like no, th- th- then then you have to change under double digit wins. Yes, like that again. We have lost twenty games in a season yeah. once in the history of this program. One hundred and ten years of basketball. We're about to to smash that record this season. If you if it happens in back to back years after not having done it for one hundred and nine seasons, then that speaks loudly yeah. enough. That tells you he also has, has done no improvement in two off seasons. But the well. only way that I would be willing to listen to you know, hey, we, we flirted with the tournament, but we're not there yet. But just wait is if he has like this just top five 2024 class waiting in the wings. If he just starts killing it with this class, then I'll be like, okay, let's see what he can do with the types of players that we expected him to get a little bit earlier on in this process. But even then, I'd be extremely uncomfortable because then it goes back to the, bringing it back to the Satterfield argument of if he can't be better with the the hand that he was dealt, like if he can't be NCAA tournament good, with the, the year two roster that he was built, with the guys that he developed from his first team, what's there to say that he's going to be national title good or final four good with his elite elite talent now that it's finally coming in? Yeah, it makes me think he's just going to get upset in the Sweet 16 Elite Eight and on, and on numerous times with the, over, with the talented team. Because let's not forget what the expectations are. Let's not forget that 10 years ago, not the longest time in the world, we were the number one team in America and we were about to win a national title. And the year after that, we were a betting favorite to win the national title. The year after that, we were a free throw away from going back to the Final Four. This is this is Louisville. The end goal is not perennial 6-7 seed, getting into the tournament as a 5 seed, maybe making the Sweet 16, maybe making the second round. If you don't think that this is the guy who can get you back to winning national titles and get you back to playing in the first weekend of April 
on a you know, relatively consistent basis, then what are we doing here? That's the goal. Can you, can you remember, your mentor, your head coach here, went did that did that for about four straight years, and we moved on from him. What do you think we're going to do to you? Talking about Cal? I'm talking about Denny. Oh, Den, Denny, I like about Cal Perry. I was last, like, the last couple years of Denny. I'm talking about the last couple years of Denny's Denny's tenure here. I mean, with was seven seeds. But think about that. Like, and, and we thought it now was the, the guy who spent 26 years before that winning national titles and final fours for us. We thought it was the worst thing in the world that we were only six and seven seeds in Crumb's last few years. We, had, I mean, I grew up in like my parents, in, in my parents' friends, and my older brothers. They're like lamenting how little success I've gotten, and I'm like. We went to the Elite Eight in 97. Yeah. Like, that was the greatest thing in the world to me. Oh, I remember. I know. When you, and when you think about the amount of NCAA tournaments that we've missed recently and, and how little we've done in the tournament when we've gotten in, it pales in comparison to those years. Like, oh, the 90s feel like a dream's the dream they do. again. Yeah. I mean, we, we missed it in 98. We were back in 99 and 2000, consecutive years of seven seeds. And then we missed it again in 2001. And that was it. Like, like he had to go. He he, he was done. And it like I, I know that there was debate over – whether or not Crum should have been able to call his shot. But the issue, like, everybody agreed where Louisville basketball was going, where the trend was. Like, everybody agreed that it was probably time. There was just debate over whether or not Crum should have been able to decide that on his own terms because of what he had done the decade before. Like, that, if, if Denny Crum had had that six-year sample size, but he was a new head coach, nobody would have been saying, you got to keep this guy. Like, it would have been, like, the expectation here is the expectation here. And I think it's grown even larger since then because Patino came back and, Got us back to where we expected to be, and we were in Final Four in year four. We we had a new era of fans that finally like started to to expect this. Like I grew up like 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 you were just talking about. You know, I was thrilled when we were six seed going to the Elite Eight. That was the greatest thing that had ever happened to me as a, a young fan. The year we, well, that was just in the sixteen year we we knocked off number three Villanova. That was in ninety. It was the year before yeah, ninety six. Yeah, it was when we yeah. lost to Dim Dunk in the next round yeah. when he walked and and you know went over the fouled back, out yeah. multiple times. But so did so did Tyson. Uh, so did. Uh, Hansborough too against us in the eight. But going through those years with Rick kind of it changes you a little bit. You become accustomed to being a top four seed in the NCAA tournament and feeling like every March like there's at least a shot that you're going to, to win six games over three weeks. And you gotta you, you now have multiple ears of fans that expect this. And that's look, the bar is the bar, Kenny. And if you're not showing significant progress in year two towards getting us back to that point, then people aren't going to, you know. People aren't going to believe it's going to happen. Uh, we got to go to break. When we come back, we have not heard from you on the Thornton sex line. We'll do that next. 502-414-1450. That's the text line. We'll have more thoughts from Josh Hurd on a variety of other issues as well. It's the Friday edition of the Rutherford Show. Keep it locked right here on 1450 The Big X. Second hour, Mike Rutherford Show, Friday edition here on 1450 The Big X. 
as I scroll Twitter real quickly, I just saw this stat, Trevor. Oh, I love stats. John Rothstein put this out just for you. Oh, uh, there's so much. There's so much me and John Rothstein. UCLA is 61 and two under Mick Cronin when it gives up 65 points or fewer, and both losses were buzzer beaters against USC. How many people have better? How many people have records similar to that when they give up 65 points or fewer? Probably, it's not many points to give up. Probably not a lot. Probably not a lot. I mean, it's killing it out there, crushing it. They're calling in the best in the biz. He's riding the coattails of UCLA. I also saw that Arch Manning, in his first week at school at Texas, apparently lost his ID, and some rando like found it, went on Snapchat, and was like, <laughs> "It's like, bro, lost his ID first week of school. Don't worry, QB one. I took it to the student activity center. Uh, it's, it's would a, take it. I'd keep it, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I, Archibald C. Manning. Do you, the bull take thing me Arch Manning might be a bust. I mean, just based on the fact that he's losing his ID first week of school, I got doubts. And there's some people who the the the, the ones that want to the want to hate uh, brought up the fact that he played in like one really really bad high school conference down in Louisiana. Did he? His stats weren't exactly mind blowing. Look, I mean, you don't go to Texas to overachieve. Texas is where five star kids go to to bust to get to get paid and go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. We'll take text from you guys this hour. I want text. And then we'll get back to uh, some of the comments that Josh Heard made about other things a little bit later this hour. Texter says, will TK eat another salad if we get a quad one win before Kentucky does? No. That's gotta, you know. <laughs> we don't have many opportunities. I got to have something else to back up other than salad. Because there's got to be different. Because salad is like the upper echelon of things I'll do if something happens. And there's got to be layers. And let's be real. Like, the the ultimate TK request happened. It took it took Jeff Brom coming yeah. in, which you've been talking about the entire show, to eat us out. And even then, you could only stomach three bites, and you spit out one of them. <laughs> so maybe salad is just, you're, you're asking too much. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's got to be, like, that's that, that's the top tier. So you, And I've said this before. I'm not just going to willy-nilly give out salads just for every little thing, because it, it takes away the importance. Therefore, um, and also you just won't do it. And I'm really thrown off on my Twitter trend right now. The three, the three Twitter trends. I saw some of them earlier. It was like I saw Iggy Azalea, who talked about the show. That's that's the one. Breitbart. That's not that's not one of my three right now. And I think one of the other ones I saw earlier that you're because I remember laughing at when I saw it too. In space. What is it in space? No, I've got three in order: Sammy Watkins, Jews in space, and Izzy 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 Azalea, whatever name. Nailed it. That's the three I got. I'm going to look up, and that's what I see. I'm like, what? how am I supposed to keep talking about salads? <laughs> I did not see that one. <laughs> oh, now Dallas Zoo popped up. <laughs> I saw Sammy Watkins trending earlier. Yeah. Because he's putting out statements about basically implying that Lamar Jackson could play if he wanted to. And it's like, Sammy, you haven't played a, you've played one full season of football in like 14 years. He did play a year with, with Lamar. Well, he's playing with him now. Oh, is that where he is? No, he's not. Sammy Watkins is in Green Bay. For some reason, I thought he was in No, he was Ravens. in Baltimore the last two years. He's in Green Bay this year, or was. No, he's Storm. not. He's with the Ravens. When did he leave the Ra- When did he leave the Packers? Sammy Watkins plays for Baltimore. That's why he really wants Lamar to play. I, he signed with the, the... Wait a minute. Are you sure? Yes. Didn't he sign with the Packers at the beginning of the year? I don't know. He's, he's a Raven right now. That's all I can tell you. Uh-huh. But he put out a statement. Yeah, he signed with the Packers. I say cut him during the season. I didn't know that. Okay. He put out a statement basically sort of implying that Lamar could play, and he's imploring him to play. Lamar has been officially ruled out since uh, today. They announced that he's officially out. 
And like everybody's pointed out, like, dude, you haven't played. You've been hurt every season that you've played besides oh, yeah. one. one time like, you can't really, you can't throw stones here. So he was released on December nineteenth. And yeah, trust me, I know how big a bust. I took Watkins my first pick in a dynasty draft. Ugh, we're up there with we're up there with Eddie Lacy on one of my worst picks. When was that? That was his rookie year. Oof. It's, it's a dynasty draft where you draft rookies only. That's how long I've been in this league, but not a very good one. There's a reason why uh, Sweeney's been a lot better in this league than I have been. Texas, I can see TK making the Dumas dumbass mistake that the guy from the old commercial did during an interview. <laughs> I, done that. I probably could have done that. Uh, Texas, Trevor, ha ha, quote, UNC's nightmare starts tomorrow. Wow, the fear. They're shaking. <laughs> they should be scared. They're very scared. Texas said, I bet TK started with that Friday the 13th quip and worked his way back to guaranteeing the Louisville victory. <laughs> I just came up with last night, actually. <laughs> Texas says, you think he's ever told a woman to pu- mm, Can't do that. Uh, oh, <laughs> I know where you're going. And, and it's quite possible I can't say yes or no to that. Texas, oh, I think he's referring to Puff Johnson himself. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Texas says, so Chris Beard going to be available next year. Come on, guys. Chris Beard coach next year somewhere? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not saying Power Five because I think Power Five is out of the question, unfortunately. I don't think it's out of the question. You, you probably actually you know to, to say that aloud, and you right away you changed my mind almost. I think because the level I, I, just, I should have thought about that because I could see yeah you like a not to just random under the bus like a Minnesota or something yeah I could for sure yeah you'd need a and this is I'm not advocating this I'm just telling it the way it is he would need like a positive PR run. He would need the fiance that you know, was allegedly involved in this. He would need her to come out and like say, tell the real story. Cause she said a couple of times that it was actually me that was attacking him and he was defending himself. Like you'd have to have a lot of people coming to bat for you, for you to be employable this early. And she's done that. And of course, as, as we all know, and anybody's watching this view knows that she can pull her complaint all they want. They can still press charges, which is what they're doing. Right. So it's, like, he he would need some she tells you there's evidence that's not in his favor so. for sure he would need some positive news he would also need to i think he'll be a coach again at some point just because that's the way that big time college sports work no. he's clearly very good at his job he'll i mean look at Bobby Petrino. he's going to get another opportunity i just people will stay away from him as long as it's still relatively new I don't see. I don't know if I see him doing it next year. Maybe an assistant somewhere next year. My answer to your question was going to be no. I, yeah, I, I don't I, think next year, but two years from now. Yeah, probably. I could see him being on the assistant or like a, maybe not an official assistant, but a uh, some somehow on a staff of some way. You know, I, I think he just it, takes a year off. Is an advertiser, and it could be he could do that as well. I, but I, yeah, I, I think within two years, three max, he is head coach at somewhere in a Power Five conference, and probably doing a really good job too. Does some field of sixty eight work with Goodman, Doster, and those guys. Out there with Chris Mack, maybe for a year. <laughs> Texas says, Indiana Weasels, LMFAO, I'm dead. That's what they are now. That's who they are. Indiana Weasels. Texas, Let's move aside, Bobby Heenan. Texas, we were talking about what show you'd like to add a season to that was canceled abruptly. Yeah. Uh, Texas, Blue Mountain State should have had another season. Never heard of it. It's a movie. It's a football about a football school. I know that. I've never watched it. It seems up your alley. I've literally never heard of that. Blue Mountain State, what was it on? I, honestly, I could not tell you. Okay. I see people making references to it all the time, but it seems like a show that you would have would have enjoyed. Can I just pull uh, as part of that question? Can I just pull out season two of Friday Night Lights all together? Yeah, Friday Night Lights <laughs> made you that season made you quit the show. Uh, yes, which blows I my mind. Got back to it. 
I mean, it was, yeah. It, was, it really hurt it's me. It's the weakest season, which you think would be like, all right, I got through it. Now I'm ready to power through. And you just, like, you stopped. But see, that's the problem with me. Like, I, I, I do, that's why I've been so much so, all in a row is that when I lose interest, I fade away. I fade away hard. You do. And I mean, you got high standards. <laughs> you, would, you would think that's not true, but I but do. But you do. It's like the only thing in life that I have high standards for. Texture says U of L is continuing with reunions tomorrow. Last minute add on 30th anniversary of losing to IU in the Sweet 16. The Eminem boys will be in attendance to hang the banner. That was 93. Yeah, uh, the Cabertini game, right? Mm-hmm. Dwayne Morton. Hey, Barry Eminem? Larkin's trending now. What? Barry Larkin's trending now. Oh, God, what for? Makes me worried. Should I click on it? Yeah. What, what do we do now? Uh, okay, it's just somebody, I guess. So tweet with involving some other reds. Some this is my biggest problem with the the new Twitter. Like I don't know why stuff's <laughs> trending, and I click on it, and it's like there's no indication of why it's trending. It's like just tweets from six weeks ago. Okay, I guess somebody put out one of those generic questions or something. Some of my top five red Cincinnati athletes of all time. Oh god. And Larkin was not on the list. It was Votto, Burrow, Chase, Dalton, Johnson, Chad Johnson. I don't know who Andrew McDowell is. Uh, I guess he owns McDowell's. But that, oh, that was a Cincinnati <laughs> athlete. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm assuming that's the tweet that, that led it up to because now everybody's replying with Griffey, okay. Larkin, Dunn. One of those. Yeah, I think that's what caused it. Okay. Yeah, it's got to be. Well, Adam Dunn doesn't belong on that list. No, but. I'm just well, I'm, re, I'm scrolling randomly. No, Larkin definitely. Barry Larkin. Are we talking about just Cincinnati athletes in general, like who played professionally in Cincinnati? I mean, Boomer Sison comes to mind, Barry Larkin. Kenyon Martin. <laughs> Danny Fordson. <laughs> I mean, I would if we're talking if college counts, I would put well, Kenny Martin on my college list. College counts. I mean, I'm going Oscar Robertson. Oh, uh, that yeah. Even though he technically Icky Woods, you know, he didn't win a national championship. He went to back to final fours. Um, Eddie Taubensy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> T.J. Friedel. Pete Johnson. Or Pete. <laughs> Danny Ray Herrera. Just naming bizarre Reds from the past. Chris Zabo. Sabo would be favorite. on a lot of people's list. Texture says, no matter what happens, we are all Vol fans tomorrow. I don't even think we need to get excited about the Vols. I mean, Kentucky's up against it there. That's the They are, as of right now, in the analytics era, and I know you love ana- analytics, right? I do love analytics. They're the best defensive team in like college basketball history. Now, that could change. History? Yes. Their defense is absurd. They have the highest rating defensively in the history of Ken Palm. They still got... You know they've got a lot of talented offensive teams to play in the in the uh, SEC coming up in the next two months, but I don't think Kentucky can score on them at all. We'll see. This is Mike. You thinking we're going to win is ridiculous because you are forgetting the fact that we play in a pro Carolina conference. We aren't winning because the ACC won't let us. Well, hold on. I'm not the one thinking we're going to win. I don't know what you're listening to. Trevor not only thinks we're going to win, he's guaranteeing a victory. Oh, guarantee Mark it down. I very much think we're not going to win, but I would, I'd enjoy it if we did. By the way, I just, I just found out why uh, Jews in Space is trending. Okay. And it's weirdly enough. I prefer you to stay away from it, but that's. Well, it's actually kind of funny because the other, what was it, yesterday when you asked me about movie, was it yesterday before we talked about like movie sequels? Was it yesterday? Oh, I have no idea. So we were, we were talking about bad like sequels we want to see. Oh, we're, yeah, the, the, the movies the that you Christ. couldn't make yeah. sequels to. I think it was yesterday. Well, that's trending because apparently Mel Brooks came out and said the History of the World Part 2 is coming. You said that was one. And that was one I pulled out, yes. 
I love it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Text says, can you guys discuss the fact that only eight of the top 100 players in 2023 have committed to an Adidas school? I, I saw that stat yesterday. It is for sure alarming. I don't – maybe it's just a one-year trend. Maybe it has to do with the FBI scandal. I, I, I don't know, but it, it's certainly – it's a large stat. You expect Nike to have more of the top 100 kids because simply there are more Nike schools and more of the bigger schools in college basketball are Nike schools than Adidas or Under Armour. But to have only eight is... Eight in the top how many? 100. Wow. Or at least the top eight, maybe? <laughs> it's it's alarming. There's there's no way around it. Yeah, that's, that's not good. I'd like to hear Kenny Payne's thoughts, honest thoughts. He'll never give them, but about being in Adidas school and the troubles that come with that because he very clearly is, he's a Nike guy. I mean, he showed up at his, in Louisville as the UofL head coach with an Adidas polo on, but like the Nike Jordan hat. Like he still is, he's very much a Nike guy and he had a lot of success recruiting at a Nike school. I'd love to hear the explanation that he has. I'm sure it's, it's, it's clearly been harder than I think he thought it was going to be recruiting at an Adidas school or recruiting at Louisville. Now, I don't think that that's a it's a total excuse, but maybe in his eyes, yeah, it is. I don't want to. I don't want to hear that next year. Well, wasn't the transfer? We couldn't get any transfers this year because of the. So we're not because of, we didn't have sanctions because we're Adidas. I don't want to hear that. Texas says, "Well, I know that there were other schools that had to recruit amidst looming NCAA sanctions. Do you think it's fair to say that U of L was the most likely school to receive a postseason ban for this year's tournament, and that's why they may have been more impacted during recruiting? I think that." Us and LSU, probably. If you're trying to make that point, which I, I, I think is probably valid, it's more about UofL being more stigmatized than the other programs that were caught up in this whole thing. It's gotten to the point now where, because let's be real, 16, 17, 18-year-old high school, elite high school basketball players, they don't follow the ins and the outs of college basketball news. They're not sitting here looking at, you know, they're not reading the notice of allegations that the NCAA puts out there. They don't know exactly what's going on. But U of L scandals, the coverage of them was so widespread and they were so salacious that I think it creeps into this, your subconscious, even if you're not fully paying attention. A lot of recruits probably just knew that Louisville had a bunch of stuff going on. They may not have been able to tell you exactly what it was, but it that happened when they were in middle school. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and still, like the news cycle. Every you know this, like every time a news story came out, people would be like, "Here we go again with Louisville." When it was just an update to the same old story from 2017 to the same old story from 2015, and so would that make U of L being more susceptible to negative recruiting? Yeah, probably. I mean, if you go, if you're recruiting against Arizona and you're trying to say they may not be eligible for the NCAA tournament. It might not resonate with the kid as much as saying, Louisville, you know they're not going to be in the NCAA tournament because the kid probably knows that Louisville's had some stuff going on. He may not know the ins and the outs about what Sean Miller did or didn't say on a wiretap or or you know De- DeAndre Ayton's recruitment, any of that stuff. And so I think that maybe it, it was harder for Louisville to get kids in the portal than even schools like LSU, which you know, I think had more egregious allegations in, in the FBI indictment, but isn't as well known as a poster child for all that's wrong in college basketball and all that's scandalous in college sports as much as we were. I think it's probably a a fair point. Having said that, it's a fair point when it comes to Louisville not getting some of the high-end transfers that they they swung and missed on. 
it's still not an excuse to not get anybody. 33%, 35% of Division One college basketball players were in the transfer portal last year. You're Louisville. You could have gone out and gotten a kid from Coastal Carolina, who was an average player at Coastal Carolina, but who could have at least helped you in the backcourt for this season. That kid would have died to play at Louisville. You've got a kid who would transfer. You getting Miller, right? I mean, isn't it kind of the same equivalent? I mean, but he he played at Tennessee State and averaged like 2.4 points. Well, I mean, he, I mean, it's yeah. an average. We got him, I mean, but he, I'm talking about players who are slightly more accomplished than Hersey Miller, like a 10-point-per-game score at some average program in the SoCon or some okay. average program in the Ohio Valley who was going to whose options for transferring next year were, I don't know, Furman, Jacksonville State, and Louisville. That kid could help us. Maybe watch, they they watch would look up those two schools being like tournament teams. <laughs> well, they're better than we. Are. Well, Jacksonville State played the tournament last year because Bellarmine got yeah, them in. That's right, yeah. Like, and it's, it's safe to say they probably have more wins than us anyway. They're so. not very good this year. Ray Harper also is a douche. Uh, Bellarmine beat them last uh, week, which was great. Because, good Bellarmine. Yeah, Bell, and they also we they found out that they you know, they spy on teams through their their glass in their practice facility. Ray Harper's he's an absolute ass, absolute ass. I didn't mean to get you in the Ray Harper rant. I'm sorry. I've got more to say there if you want. But I I'm, know. I'll hold off. <laughs> but that kid, you could have gotten him, and we could use that kid. A kid in a Kristen Cunningham type situation, going from Sanford, who maybe didn't have gigantic Power Five offers, but was going to jump at the chance to play at Louisville. Yeah, we clearly could have used a kid like that. And again, I think the point is a good one. Louisville has been stigmatized more than the other schools that were in similar situations, and maybe that made us more easy to recruit against than Kansas, LSU, NC State, Memphis, whoever. But we still should have gotten more than one guy. In the one of the few people we did get, we took from LSU anyway. We did. He's not even playing. That's a different story entirely, but certainly something that people want to talk about. Texture says, if all of our one-point losses went the other way, we'd have six wins. If Kenny does what he should and we get better – we should be at 10 by this time next year. He has to make the tournament next year. I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't think bottom line is you got to be better next year. Wait, I, better. I'm 100% with you regardless of how this offseason goes, whether how many people we lose, we gain back. It, we, we, yeah, I, I don't care. This team, if, if I go into Section Sunday next year and not expecting to hear my team name or at least wanting to hear my team name or should hear my team name or thinking I could hear my team name, then I'm looking, then we need to maybe look think think this through again. I'm with you. Texas, I can buy the looming sanctions stopping UofL from getting high-level transfers excuse. I can't buy it stopping them from getting mid-level transfers. It really bothers me when we're told that. It's insulting to our intelligence, and it's to the point where it really pisses me off a lot. Don't Fox News me. Um, Don't Fox News. <laughs> which is kind of what we just said. Like, like, I can buy it a little bit when it comes to why we didn't get Malachi Smith or why we didn't get um, Tyrese Hunter. I can't buy it when it comes to why we didn't get anybody else. Your boy stays there, texted in. What up, say? He said, any chance Louisville can get the Boozer twins? I don't even I don't know who they are. Carlos has some kids? I don't know, maybe. Google Boozer twins. I'm assuming they're females based on just... Just wild guess. You don't know that because they high. What are the, what are the twins that went to Miami? They're like they're TikTok stars. They got huge nil deals. I don't, I don't say pretty well. Someone tells me he doesn't follow women's basketball very. Okay. Bad. Um, <laughs> no, they 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 are the twin sons of Carlos Boozer. Okay, yeah. Caden and Cameron Boozer, they're twenty twenty five recruits. 
I mean, surely the guy they're going to be tough to beat Duke for, right? We would think. At least they didn't have to grow up in Alaska. I thought that was Trajan Langdon. So was Carlos. He was from Alaska, too? Yeah. I had no, I had no idea that there was this Alaskan pipeline. One was from Anchorage yeah. and one was from Juneau. From from Duke nice, to Alaska. I got that, yeah. Wow. There's only because who's the uh, and the only other player I can name ever from Alaska was uh, Razor Ramon Harris, who went to Kentucky. Wow. But Carlos was from was from uh, Anchorage and uh, I missed the Great Alaska. Trajan show. was from uh, Juneau. I just remember Trajan Langham being the Alaskan assassin. Yeah, but I had no idea Boozer was from there. Texas, I'm sorry, but any Notre Dame or Michigan football coach that goes 1-11 in year one doesn't get a year two. You're probably right, honestly. Yeah. I mean, like I said, they fired Rodriguez going 7-5 and five back-to-back years. I think they're... Texas, it was only like three years ago we were in the top 10 all season long. We For most of that season, we were. I think that there's a... Who, Louisville? Us. Okay. The, the 2020... The season got, got canceled because of COVID. The tournament got canceled. Yeah. I think that there's been a, because we were playing poorly down the stretch compared to where we've been, there's become like a, a misremembering of that year. Like There are a lot of people who are like, Max sucked. Like, we weren't going to do anything that year. We were going to be like a 6-7 seed. Like, well, that, that stems from the 19 because we, we did the same thing. We faded late in that year as well and ended up losing we, the first round. We faded late, but we also were never, we never hit the heights that we hit in the 2020 season. Agreed. Like, we were number one in the country that December. And we lost... The game that I think you were referencing before when we were previewing the Clemson game on Wednesday where we just got smacked, like that team lost to Clemson by 15 on Clemson's home floor, and that was kind of like, ooh. But then we turned around. We beat Syracuse by like 30. We beat North Carolina by 17. We lost to Florida State, which we always lose to Florida State. And then the last game of the regular season that we that we ended up playing was against Virginia, and we played them there. They were playing really well. We had a chance to win late, and we kind of – our offense sputtered in the final minute. So – like we weren't, we had seven. We still were twenty-four and seven. Like that team was, if they had done well enough in the ACC tournament, and we were going to play Syracuse that night when the the world stopped in the quarterfinals. If they'd made it to like the championship game, which was certainly possible, they probably would have been a three seed, maybe a four seed. And who's to say they shot the ball well enough? They they could have gotten hot. You just you, no. you we'll never know. I mean, that team could have easily been in the first round. But that team they that, could have. That team to me though just just screamed a chance at making a run. I mean it was. You had a, you had a, a veteran team of upperclassmen. You had a guy that could put a team offensively on his shoulders in Jordan. You had just just you had a, the point guard that kind of was the glue to help. You had the defensive guys. You had the big man in the knock that could, knocked that could go inside and out. I mean that, mm-hmm. that that team was a very good, perfect college basketball team to me. Yeah, I mean now, David Johnson could have been a breakout guy. Yeah, I mean there was that, that team had everything on it. You know, it was it was it had all the perfect ingredients to make a great stew that could make a run in that tournament. Now, I've, I've said that about I've seen that in other teams that, that go out in the first round or second round. Sure, they could have lost the first round. It, it ha- that's the type of things that happen. But you know, get a bad draw, maybe you know who knows. But that that team right there, there's nothing you can't tell me on paper that that that, that, that team. I, you can't go in that tournament and not have confidence that team can make a final four run, and they should have made a final four run. But you do. I mean, they finished the season on number nine on Ken Palm. Like Kent, like the analytics liked that team a lot. They thought that they had a really good chance of making a deep run. And the texture's right. There's this whole notion of, you know, we've been bad for a long time. We haven't done this in the NCAA tournament. And you do just kind of gloss over the fact that as recently as three years ago, we were in the top 15 pretty much the entire year and had a, a, a team that for the most of that season, a lot of people thought could win the national title. Like it hasn't been to go from there 
to where we are right now. And I know that, that some of the stuff that happened before the 2019-20 season impacted all that. But to go from that place to this place in this short amount of time is, it's, I mean, I, oh, I know I use the word a lot. It's its jarring to think that we could fall that far. Ducky had a pretty good team that year as well. Yeah. That we were they looking, came on we, late. We, we were looking at sure. a four seed. Ducky's probably a two or three. Yeah, they, they came on late at the end of the year, although they had the problems with, was it, remember, like their last game, Ashton Higgins was suspended because he'd been like yelling at Cal and they came back and they beat Florida without him. There was some, mm. there was still some controversy there. But the point is, they were they were going to probably be a three seed. Maybe. Yeah, for yeah. sure, they, they were good. Uh, and since then, what where it's been not the most dreamy uh, dreamy tenure for Cal as well. It is not. That See, COVID COVID just was bad to everybody at UK Duval. Besides Baylor, Baylor just loves COVID. <laughs> of course, Baylor does. It's Ate Baylor. it all up. It's Baylor. Look at their track record in terms of ethics. <laughs> I mean, of course, they love COVID. Texture says maybe Trevor was thinking of the Derek Dennis, who is an offensive lineman for the Calgary Stampeders. His nickname is Bone Crusher. That was it. <laughs> uh, let's take a break. When we come back. We'll get more of your guys' thoughts, uh, and we'll talk more about Josh Hurd's comments today. Happy Friday to you. Hopefully your weekend is off already and running. If not, thanks for spending some time with us while you're still stuck at work or wherever. We'll be right back after this on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Happy Friday the 13th to you. Creepy out there. Stay safe. I like the song. Did I? Yeah. I like it. This is Ongo Boingo. Ongo Boingo. Danny Eppin, who pretty much does all soundtracks now. He does. Yeah. I, I, I'm cracking up during the break. I, I'm looking through my, so I mentioned earlier the Joe Lenardi latest Bracketology came out earlier today, and I made, I'm starting to make the same joke every day where it's like, new Bracketology comes out, and I'm like, card's not featured. <laughs> Just sharing the link. And everybody's making the same obvious jokes with me in the mentions. They're like, these cowards don't want us in. This is crap. Just got to get a couple more wins, snubbed, all this stuff. And right in the middle of all these replies is just Becky Lecter, who just says, well, we shouldn't be. Come by UK, I assume, right? No, UofL. Oh, UofL. <laughs> I'm like, you know what, Becky? You're not wrong. <laughs> Have faith, Becky. You're the only person in these mentions who is, who's accurate. Something to tell me Becky and Jan are not getting along. I've heard from Jan recently. Is Jan okay? I hope so. We need to, we need to look at She up. was positive, and then we got two wins, and then we, she disappeared. And she said she was going to start listening to the show again after we won. And yeah. she listened, and then and I think she— if there's she, any time to listen, to be today, because I'm positive we're going to win tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, and I put on the teaser, you guaranteed a victory. You think Jan maybe would be tuning in, but I've not heard from her recently. I'm worried about Jan. Can, we, can, some, can someone check in on Jan? She have a bad Christmas, maybe? I can't remember what Jan's handle is. I'm trying to find out if she's still going strong. I don't remember what it was either. I don't think I— yeah. We need a do- dose of positivity. And we need Jan. T. 
Jan everywhere. Jan everywhere. Jan everywhere. <laughs> That's a great laugh. Um, I love when he goes down to the, the warehouse and the, that picture's giant. <laughs> 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 uh, the office, those, those are great office seasons. She got a Pierce Clarkson shirt for Christmas. I'm just looking at it. Oh, this, well, good. Way to be positive, Jan. She seems unhappy with the IRS. <laughs> Who isn't? <laughs> be positive, Jan. Um, oh, she also, she's taking her. She's now. I, I guess she's Just focused Jan her attention. Twenty three. <laughs> she's focused her attention on Tim Sullivan. Oh wow, that's that's clear. She's gone from positive to to just. She responded to Sullivan's story on Rick Pitino and said, "You are the only one who cares. Let it go." <laughs> and then Sullivan Sullivan responds to everybody to oh, his yeah, oh, yeah to his credit or detriment responds to everybody who says something the to him on Twitter. The man put his cell number out on a tweet. He did. He said Leo Weekly's metrics would disagree. Current editor tells me Patino's story was easily the most read piece in his tenure. Yes. Now we got Sully going to Jan. Oh, he's bumping his chest to Jan. He's like, really, Jan? The editor says I'm the best. <laughs> so, Timmy, buddy, you've been doing this a long time, and do you really need that kind of self-insurance? Do you really got to, did your ego need that kind of inflation really that bad? She also responded to something about people. She just, she listens to no shows in Louisville besides Maven and Rummage now. Well, she's done with us. Positive. That's a good way to stay positive. She's, she's done with us. She's, she's had it. So it wasn't just flipping back on, then flipping over later. It's, she's done. Well, we lost her. Bye, Jan. Peace out. Felicia said, what up? She'll be back for football season. Don't worry about it. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. Texter says, never forget. Good Lord, I'm afraid of this one. We were the 2020 simulated tournament champions. Do you remember that? Did we do that? There was like 17 of them out there during COVID, during those initial months of lockdown. I remember the... um There was one, I think, that we actually did it on KRC, where like there was a YouTube site that... Was playing the tournament out in video game on like on YouTube. And we, um, we actually we actually broke it down a little bit on that and watched some of it. I forget who won that tournament, but wasn't U of L? Yeah, but there's there was one where U of L won, and I remember like no. every we like lat because every other one had us going out like early. I felt like so we all latched onto this one. We're like watching this guy simulate Louisville versus Kansas in the national title game or whatever. That's how that's how bad things were at that point. Texas says Mike's never heard of the Alaskan pop pipeline. Go back to St. Bernard's social studies. I have absolutely heard of the Alaskan pipeline. Yeah, he that's why I made Carl the joke. Boozer wasn't from there. Yeah, I also did not go to St. Bernard. <laughs> can, you, can you name a th- another Alaskan player? I named the three. Can you oh, I've got no idea. Well, no, I've got no idea. I don't either. Yeah. I know that Glenn Rice played there when he. <laughs> <laughs> when he laid the Alaskan pipeline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Glenn Rice was a pure scorer, I'll tell you that. Apparently, the text line lets us know Mario Chalmers was from Anchorage, Alaska. Really? Did not know that. I, that one's beyond me, too. Big shot Mario. Okay. Wow. There's four. Yeah, had no idea. Could Alaska have a starting lineup? Texas, can we deep dive into the power rankings of Jewish basketball coaches? No, we, we cannot. <laughs> I saw somebody else do that last night, though. Why? What's, 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 I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know, but somebody was doing it. Because I saw our boy Jack Grossman was like, I've been waiting for these rankings my whole life. <laughs> it sounds like something Jack would say. Texas, what am I supposed to do with all... 
I can't say that. I can't. I, I, I can't say it. I'm sorry. Who is the best Jewish basketball coach out there? College, I guess. Don't let me say Bruce Pearl. <laughs> Bruce Pearl, Jew? yeah, he's, he's he Jewish. Is. Oh yeah, yeah, he's good Jewish. I mean, is he? Hey, I mean, it's how he's a good coach. I just don't know who always would be Jew- who is it or isn't Jewish in, in college basketball. Though, to be honest with you, I would then like you to stay away from the topic. I'm just curious. <laughs> uh, this guy said Bruce Pearl, Todd Golden, my boy from San Francisco, is now at Florida. Yeah, yeah. John Shire, he's got third. <laughs> Joe Pasternak, who had some recruiting shady stuff in his background. Oh, Shire's third's not good. It's not good. Not good. Rob Senderoff at Kent, St- Kent State. Uh, Keith Dambrot, who coached LeBron back in high school, is now at uh, Duquesne, his eighth. And then really? he's, got, he's got Josh Pastor behind all these guys at number nine. <laughs> there you go. Well, <laughs> Pastor was Catholic. No, I think he's Jewish. Huh. I did not know that one. Texas, would Trevor eat a salad to get to a caviar joint at the bottom? Oh, caviar joint. I know what caviar is. I know what joints are. I didn't, I'm yeah. assuming caviar joints is like a very good uh, weed. I'd assume. I'm going to. No, no. I, I can I can get to I can get the to, to, to McDonald's <laughs> you don't weed at the bottom. Joints at the bottom without having to eat a salad. I'm good. <laughs> Texas says, should it come to replacing pain, naming the football field would provide somewhere around $1.85 million per year. That's based on the Kroger Field deal at Kentucky. And ending the Indiana series early would net another $2 million. That would help make the transition less painful financially. Why we got to sell out the football stuff just to pay for a basketball coach? He's just saying if we needed the money. We don't need the money. What have I always told you? We never need the money. We, may, we, would, we can't afford $10 million right now. No, no, we can't. But we can, if we wanted to, we could find it. We did get an extra two and a half from Cincinnati. That was that was nice. That was that was great of them. Did we use that to pay off Jeff's though buyout? Didn't we? Only no. We we got this was only a million. Yeah, we got three and a half from Cincinnati. We yeah. used a million to pay out the Jeff buyout, so we netted two and a half million. The fact that Saturday. I'm aware. I, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Now, speaking of the Indiana series, uh, I love the way work things work out sometimes. Me too. Very rarely when it comes to following global sports. Very rare. But every now and then you get a little gift. This was the sign, though, that things have turned around. Is that things started working that way with us. For just football, for all sports. The, the, the moment I woke up in that afternoon and my phone's exploded and I see the news of Satterfield and Cincinnati, that was the turning point. That was the pendulum swinging for Louisville sports. 1 p.m., whatever day that was, five hours after everybody else, that was when... Things started to change. Well, it was more like 2.30, but yeah, <laughs> two fifty maybe. So, Josh heard, we already talked about his comments regarding Kenny Payne today. He was also asked about the widespread reports that Indiana is trying to get out of its scheduled football contract with Louisville. He said at the beginning what we already knew was the case, which was they're playing this year. Like, like, like we're playing in Indianapolis in 2023. There's no... It's too late to get out of that. Hurt said there's no opportunity for us to play them or to go find another game. Uh, take the back. There's no opportunity for us or them to go find another game. I would presume that they are excited about playing that game. We are extremely excited about playing that game. I think it's a great opportunity for both of our fan bases. I think our student athletes will love playing in a pro environment. So that leaves us with the home and home portion of the schedule. Louisville's going to host IU in 2024. Bloomington will be the site of the game in 2025. What happens to those games? Indiana would have to pay a million dollars each to get out of there. Are we going to entertain that idea? Hurd said, when you get to that point, call it the home and home. I don't have any idea. There are conversations that had 
that, that get had by teams all the time. I know we like to schedule these, these things out for the next 10 or 15 years, but they do change all the time. Right now, we are fully committed to playing in 23, and then we'll see what happens in the future. If we mutually think there's essentially a better option out there, that would be the reasoning. But right now, we are committed to a three-game series. They did too, and that's where we are right now, which says to me, probably ain't playing in 2024 and 2025. No, no, and he's basically already kind of throwing them under the bus a little bit there. I well, mean, they're the ones who want out. And it's true, they do, yeah. I mean, he's saying, like, right now, mutually we're still good, which means we're good on this end, maybe not on that end. He's saying we're good for this year. All that, yeah. Well, there's nothing you can do about this year. They're not going to cancel. Wait, you can't cancel a game within a year of of the game being played. I mean, that's just not going to happen. Look, you can't. There's no way to replace them. No, and they understand that. I think if they're like, we can get two million dollars from Indiana for not playing, and we can replace them with I don't know, like Kent State and Ohio. Yeah, we probably take that. Would we like to play Indiana? Sure. Are they a better opponent than a MAC team? Sure. But not by a – it's not like the Georgia series or the Texas A&M series. It's not going to be so financially beneficial to us that we're going to be willing to turn down $2 million just to not play them. I think it's a simple deal. I would take the money. And if Indiana's got a stripe down their back that's a bright yellow instead of red, then this is what it is. Go Weasels. I mean, that's what they are. They're weaseling out because they're, they're wimps. They're the wimpy weasels. Indiana weasel football. And listen, and, and listen I have tried to help you out by, by – bashing Cal for being the weasel he isn't scared to play in the basketball game and of course that's now been changed but you know for years I, I backed them on that and now they're sitting there, look what they do to me they, they sit there and they, they do their own little cow they want to take their ball and go home they do they do without even playing the game that's even worse Texas says uh what are, what's your update on welcome to Wrexham nobody I know wants to watch it so I was excited to see that you picked it up I'm a big Super Paul Mullen guy. I almost that, that was one I actually thought about starting last We've night. We've got Mullen, Super Paul okay, Mullen. Okay, no spoilers. Well, that's just this show hasn't been out for a year yet. You can you can you know I'm not to... spoiling anything. All, I've got three episodes left. They're 18 in the first season. I'm on 15. Why do I feel like you're that guy? Like when you watch the you're like, like watch this coming up, watch this coming up. No, no, like, no. You're that guy, aren't you? I'm you. You, <laughs> you have a very inaccurate picture of me in your head. I'm the guy who sits there and says nothing. <laughs> I find it hard to believe. I absolutely am. I don't talk during movies. I don't talk during TV shows. I'm very attentive. Uh, that that is who I am. But I get very mad when, like, if, if Mary wants to like look at her phone or do other stuff, I'm fine with that. But don't ask me questions about what you missed. Like that drives me crazy. That if you if you're forcing me to rewind because you weren't the only time that I will say something is like if she's if I know she's not paying attention I can see the question coming and I don't want to rewind and I'll be like you need to watch this like that that's the only time where or, I'm like or when you're with somebody and they're like what's what's that person gonna do because they, like, they know like if you're watching something with someone that you've seen it but they haven't and they're constantly asking you questions is he gonna about die it. yeah oh god yeah I can't I, I don't do well with that because I like I said I watched the, I rewatched Glass Onion last week with my buddy and he he hadn't seen it and I had and like the whole movie. Throughout the whole movie, saying the same stuff. Like, what's that guy? What's that guy gonna do? You, you, that guy's probably gonna something. Have that dude, right? I'm like, <laughs> I don't have for people who do that. Why are you watching thankfully. it? Don't. Uh, Every now and then, Mary will just do like, if something bad's about to happen, just let me know. And I'm like, no. <laughs> but besides that, I just can't take the again. If you want to look at your phone and miss parts of the show, that's fine. But just don't be like, what I miss. I I don't handle that well at all. Now, now, if I'm watching something and I'm playing like playing a game or something with it, and I miss something, I will hit rewind. But that's a good barometer again of how good something is in my attention. Is if it makes me lose my game. Yeah, you've said that before. Yeah. Which is 
accurate. Now, if some I, would say just stop playing games and watching shows at the same time. I but can't do just one, you won't do that. I, I'm multi. I, I, I can't. I have to multitask. I can't. It's the server in me. I don't know. Text says you can fall just as quickly as you can rise, especially these days with the portal. The difference is just coaching. One recruiting class can change a program. Mm, I, I, yeah, I'm not going to like argue against that really. I, mean, it's, there's, I agree to a point. There's a lot of truth to that. Yeah, I agree to a point. I I, I do think it becomes tougher. I, I think the longer you stay down is more important than how far you fall initially. For instance, Kentucky just two years ago was won nine games. That was a precipitous fall. They were able to you know, bounce back. They were two seed last year. They should be way better than they are now, but they've got the number one recruiting class coming in next season. I think it's more about the the longevity. If you if you have one season where you go from very nationally relevant to like eleven and, and twenty one, you can bounce back from that with with a the right coaching hire and the right class. But if you have several seasons in a row where you're like around five hundred and you have a couple where you're like we are right now, rolled down. I think that's when it becomes tougher to shake the stigma of not being a program that people immediately associate with success anymore. And that's where I'm worried that we're, we're headed. I don't even know. I think we've already kind of gotten there at this point a little bit with some, with some a certain generation. You might you probably right. I mean, I mean, there's kids that right now have been through high school that, that their entire tenure of high school, we would be been irrelevant. Yeah. Although again, just three years ago, we were a very relevant team and that hasn't been that long. We were, we were there, but, but the fact that we had no March kind of a flash in the pan, yeah. I mean. yeah. Texture says Seth Greenberg should be last on that list. Yeah, <laughs> he probably is. Anybody who passes on Steph Curry when they're at Virginia Tech, I I can't help every time he's on TV and he's not on TV as much as he used to be, but every time that he's sitting there talking about as if he knows everything about college basketball and everything about what teams are good and what teams aren't, I just sit there and I'm like, you told Steph Curry he wasn't good enough to play there. All you had to do was extend a scholarship offer, and you could have had one of the best college basketball and eventually one of the best NBA players of all time you know, at Virginia Tech, had, and you thought you were too good for him. Even Michael Jordan got cut from his varsity team. The problem was he eventually made it. Seth Greenberg didn't find anybody nearly as good as Seth as Steph Curry, oh, I'm trapped and one, he couldn't make the NCAA tournament. After one season, Davidson, he was willing to re- re- reconsider that offer. Remember how badly everybody at ESPN wanted him to make the tournament? There was that one year where they beat Duke, and Dick Vitale was like, "It's over. Don't worry about it. You're in, Seth. There's no debate about it anymore. Poor You're Dick in the Vitale. tournament." And guess what? They were not in the tournament. A week later, they were left out of the field. There was like back-to-back years. Vitek like was on that bubble, but didn't get in. Oh, I, they were always in the bubble. I swear, it took like three years off poor Vitale's life. Like he was just—he lost it every time. He really wanted Seth in the tournament, and it just just wouldn't happen. Texas like, got him at ESPN, so it's all good. Texas says, "I love how uncomfortable Mike got with the idea of Trevor talking about members of the Jewish community." Yeah, why? Why you? Why, Can you blame me? <laughs> The amount of people in the car who I just envisioned in my head rubbing their hands together evilly and being like, here we go. <laughs> Let him talk. <laughs> this is when the show just burns down. This is the day. I've been waiting for this day for a long time. They're not going to be on the air on Monday. Are you just worried I'm going to say something stupid? Yes. <laughs> stupid at the very least. That would be the best. <laughs> Texture says... Football trifecta to pay for fixing basketball, set savings, IU savings, and stadium naming rights. 
I missed the first part of that text. I'm sorry. I was laughing so soon. I was scared of me. He said, the football <laughs> trifecta so we can pay to fix basketball. No, oh, it would be. Yeah. Saving money on Satterfield, saving yeah. uh, money on not playing IU, and the stadium naming rights. I mean, yeah. Why don't we just sell them? Can we just, how, how many, how much years does the Yum Center have? Can we just sell the Yum Center name? I don't think, no. Have you seen all the GoFummies that got launched to pay John Calipari's buyout? No. Oh my goodness. There's like seven of them right after the South Carolina loss. I mean, that's the other thing. And like, how many of them have, like, what, what's the, the, the level of donations on those? It can't be high. I mean, because if it is, it just baffles me that people just have this much disposable income. They're going willing to put 50 bucks down. Or something like what if they legitimately raise the 60 mil? It's like, here, do it. I mean, we have to raise, we'd have to raise 10 mil. That's a large I'm amount of money. I'm not worried about us finding 10 million. Well, that's just after one year, though. It wouldn't be. It'll go down to eight after this year. It goes yeah. down by two every year. The fact that we know this is, is sad, but well, we do. It's the world we live in, though. Well, the world you live in when you're two and 15. That's. <laughs> I, I'd prefer not to know what the buyout is. That was my goal going into this, but unfortunately. It's the world I know. I do. I did see it's that. the world I know. <laughs> I did see that uh, somebody, I'm trying to find their name right now, um, from the Lafayette times the, the newspaper in lafayette kentucky josh smith sat down he found the guy who made the please go to texas sign at rupp arena the other really? night and sat down with him and had him tell, he's a teacher at lafayette high school oh that's beautiful which is wonderful which well, explains the, the prop you know the uh the politeness too in there yeah he, he apparently he brings a sign to a lot of games usually it's a sign where he's he's got his starting lineup that he wants to have there and it mimics the shirt that calipari wore when they announced the recruiting class. It's like Oscar and Jacob. Yeah, it's and got the name one of those shirts, it, yeah. yeah. The thing that I still don't know where that started from. We couldn't figure that out. Yeah, it's not not an overly creative shirt sign, but no. it, he likes it. He's been bringing it to games. He, he goes Good to games his him. whole life. Face for ticket, do it. So he's he's pissed off about the season. He decides he, he wasn't even going to go to the South Carolina game. He decides at the last second, I'm changing my sign up. I'm getting the Sharpie out like teachers do, and this is what I'm saying. And it doesn't – there's nobody sitting behind him. So he's not blocking their views. He moves over to a place where he's not. But the people in front of him, this, this old lady and this old man, they're complaining about it. They're like, that's disrespectful. It's unfair. It's offensive. She's she's saying, you need to put your sign away. She's alerting the the, the, the blue coats around there. They come down there. They say, you got to put your sign away. You can't have something that says something like that. So he puts it down on the ground, puts it out of the way. Ushers leave. They come back after talking to security and say, okay, we got to take the sign. And he's like, I Oscar Sheway autographed this sign for me. I'm not giving it to you. Did he really? He autographed the other uh, uh, the flip side of it that had like the lineup. Gotcha, thing. gotcha, gotcha. And he's like, I don't want to give it up. I'll leave, but I'm holding on the sign. And they're like, you have to give me the sign. They're trying to like take it from him. He's like, no, you can't take my sign. So he goes like, we end up they end up walking me out, and I'm like, I'll leave. Don't worry about it. They have to leave me there. I end up getting detained by security. When I walk outside, there's two police officers. So he ends up having five people walk him out all the time. They're still like grabbing at the sign, trying to get it. And he's like, no. So he gets out of the arena. He takes a picture of himself with the sign. And he's like, I said, please. And sends it to Matt Jones. He's talking about the sign and all this stuff. The best part about the entire story is that at the end, they're like, he's like, I'm happy that I did it because ultimately it got the message that I want to get out there, out there even more, which is, we want this guy gone. And they're like, well, who do you want to be the next head coach if, you're, if your mission does succeed? He says, absolutely, without a doubt, Jay Wright. I would do anything. 
I think in one of my tweets I said I would donate a kidney Either white whale. to get Jay Wright as the next Kentucky head coach. And then he goes on to talk about Jay Wright. And then it's a bit of a pipe dream, but I think it's more realistic pipe dream than some people who say Brad Stevens or Billy Donovan in the NBA. I think there's a chance. And then he uses the line. He says it. I would make him say no. <laughs> well, And then after that, I think there's probably eight to ten people out there who aren't as high as Jay Wright, but I'd be happier with than Cal. It's a, it's an all-time classic upset fan quote. How many times does the guy got to tell you no, people? He's told you no multiple times. Give me Jay Wright. Give me Jay Wright. Um, according to... Uh, like it's all a big bank theory. Like Kentucky's Leonard and Jay Wright is Penny. They're just going to wear him down for like a decade until he takes the job. Maybe. Maybe. All right, let's take our, uh, our last break of this hour. We'll come back. Five o'clock hours on the way next. We'll talk more about Josh Hurd's comments from today, what he had to say about stadium naming rights, uh, a little bit more about what he had to say to the media as far as what his stance is with Kenny Payne and the Louisville basketball team, and we'll take more thoughts from you. And then Trevor will back up his guarantee of a win tomorrow over North Carolina. Five o'clock hour is on the way next. Keep it locked right here on the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X. monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise he did the, match. He did the monster match. it was a graveyard smash there it is it caught on in a flash you did the match. it's not like one he of my favorites right you don't like monster mash i know i love monster mash it's friday the 13th we're mashing i told you why i don't like the song right I don't think so. Because it just makes me think of Jamal Mashburn and how much he was just a thorn in my side as a kid in the UK. He was very good. I mean, watching him just put Rozier on skates on the top of the key, and I would just saw it here as, he's a monster mash. Was, it, don't well, blame Boris Pickett for Jamal Mashburn being a freak basketball player in the early 90s. I think it's Bobby in parentheses Boris. Is Boris short for Bobby? It's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I always assumed Boris was just short for Boris. You don't find a lot of Borises these days. Borai? <laughs> no, you don't. Not, I mean. <laughs> When's the last time you. Can you imagine a baby being named Boris in 2023? <laughs> I would be okay with that. My mom's worked at a preschool for you know, 40 years now. And I would look. Oh, I imagine the amount of names that she. Especially nowadays. It's usually pretty obvious names, but every now and then she'd have. Like there was a baby that was just Bob. She's like, it was just hilarious. Like, it was just Bob. Like, do you want to call him, like, Bobby or Robert? or No, Bob. <laughs> just just a newborn baby in their nursery, Bob. I've never understood, like, how some names are short for other. Like, how how is Richard anything to do with William? Agreed. I mean, my mother-in-law is Molly. It's short for Elizabeth. That makes no sense. I don't, I don't, there are a lot of them like that. I don't, I don't. Like, if don't there's, know. at least Bobby and Boris are close. I know. Well, we don't even know if Bobby is, is long for Boris. <laughs> just said that. <laughs> just, just saying, though. At least they have similar spelling and pronunciations. Like some, some just don't even make zero sense. Boris is apparently short for 
Alexander or Boris Lov? I mean, I just I think Russian right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Anyways, I, th- I think the 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 rest the <laughs> Boris okay, we, the, tag, the wrestlers. Let's move on from Boris. Five o'clock <laughs> hour is here. Happy Friday the thirteenth for you. Hopefully your weekend is off and running. Those of you who stuck through that two minute uh, <laughs> offshoot. Uh, we've got plenty to get to this final hour. Trevor, if you're just joining the show, Trevor is guaranteed to win over North guaranteed. Carolina. Guaranteed. He's guaranteed it. He's never come through on a guarantee in the history of the show. Well, I'm 0 for 1. That we remember. I feel like there have been more. I feel like I guaranteed Braum at some point somehow. I don't think you ever guaranteed Braum. Well, I've, You've I've, guaranteed success if Braum comes. Yeah, I, okay. Well, that, that just goes hand in hand, right? I mean. Somebody asked the question of, they were like, on, on the podcast, they're like, does Danny, since he's podcast Trevor, is he guaranteeing an ACC championship under Braum? And Danny's like, <clears throat> is Trevor, like, big on, on Braum? And I was like, oh, he thinks we're going to win every game. Now the yeah, Jeff's here. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's that, that's it. But besides that, I don't think you ever guaranteed there's going to come here. I think you just guaranteed that we would have ridiculous success if he did. Probably, yeah. Which you're, you're still on the hook for. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying we'll win the ACC title in year one, but we, we will be ACC champion sooner than later. Another response to my Louisville not in Joe Lenardi's bracketology tweet. Porter Fam says, I mean, did you think they would be? <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't they? They're 14 and 2. <laughs> you got to admit, Porter, not even being in the next eight out, a little bit disrespectful. Come on. Uh, cards were not in the bracketology update that came out from Joe Lenardi today, but hey, neither was Kentucky, unless you count being next four out. So this one, no one takes Lenardi seriously. Same season, Lenardi sucks. Don't get me on that. <laughs> you were, don't don't let, don't let me do that. I'm, not, I'm gonna make a, like, I feel like you have a long list of people you just do not like. I really don't. You're like your list is a lot longer than mine. Like I, I mean, that's a, not true at all. Oh no, yes it is. No, it's not. I like most people. I, I do not like Joe Lenardi. I don't like Dan Dockage. You don't like Bruce Pearl. I don't like Bruce Pearl. You don't like uh, who was just mentioned earlier. You didn't like. Um, we were just talking about somebody else too. Just, Earlier, not just Bruce Pearl. They don't like three people. No, there was somebody else. Lord, his short term memory is going to be the death of me. There's Give some, me both. <laughs> it was somebody in the last hour. God help me. You said you didn't like and you didn't want to get into as well. Well, speaking of people I don't like, Brian Brom officially named the new offensive coordinator <laughs> at Louisville today. I, did, I was texting with uh, Sick Brad coming up. I was texting with Art Carmody last night. Oh, look at you named Love Brian Art. But like we were making fun of Brian because it's what we usually do. And Maybe he was don't like, see too much anymore. Either Art. Say what? You don't see any people named Art anymore. You don't. He's I mean, he's Arthur. You see a decent amount of Arthurs. I guess yeah. But we were talking about how we're going to blame Brian for everything that goes wrong with Cardinal Athletics now, and I was like, you know what? We don't do a lot of guests on the radio show. We've had Jeff on already. Yeah. And I was like, I want to have every Brahm on besides Brian on the show. <laughs> I'll have Ashley on. I'll have Jen on. We'll have Greg on, obviously. Okay, yeah. We'll get Oscar and Donna on. Yeah. We may even have Weston Brom on, his son. We can make that happen. Braden. <clears throat> Brady will come Brady, on. Yeah. Everybody but Brian. And just to piss B- B- Brian, he'll be like, I don't I don't want to come on the show. I don't, I don't even care about it. But once we start getting like Ashley on, then he's gonna start getting secretly pissed. The best part is, is he'll call and I won't let him on. I was like, sorry, dude. You can't come on the show. <laughs> You're banned. He comes to the studio. <laughs> Lock the doors. But very happy to have Brian back in town in all seriousness. Uh, He's awesome. And the quote that Jeff put out in the press release that went out this morning was, Brian is well-versed in the intricacies of our offensive system and has a great understanding of the style that we want to play. He played the quarterback position at the highest level, which has helped him develop outstanding quarterbacks who were also strong leaders. 
Brian does a great job of teaching our players and has a track record of success at maximizing their potential. I also saw he's already out and about recruiting the high schools today. The Fern Creek High School football coach took a picture with him, said nice to have a local UofL coach prioritizing hometown kids. That's cool to see. Um, also, it just it felt – it felt wrong seeing all the Brahms, but Brian in particular, just because yeah, I, I know him and I remember fondly. It still, it hasn't been that long since he played at U of L, at least to me. It felt weird seeing them in different schools' clothes, you know, and just seeing like Jeff and Brian and Greg now wearing yeah. the U of L stuff. It this just was, it was, feels right. This was Jefferson Western, is still U of L colors. Yeah, Purdue always felt wrong. Yeah, it always felt wrong. But props to, uh, to to Brian getting out there, getting the official job, and now already being very active. He offered a. Two four-star quarterback recruits from the 2024 class the other day. I saw that. Uh, it's going to be another big weekend for UofL football on the recruiting front. Several prospects uh, in town. They've already announced that. It's. I love all of the – every time a, a kid commits, whether it's a, a transfer or a recruit, like all the thinly veiled stuff from the, the recruiting people like, and we're not done yet. Like Every time I'm just like, oh, boner jams. I can't. I can't wait to see what's next. We after every basketball loss, they need to just give us some good news because it's all, the only thing that cleanses the palate that we have as sports fans. Like the morning after we lost to Clemson, I woke up. I'm like, I need another transfer, man. I I need another transfer or I need another five star to, to put us on a short list. I've got to have something to make me forget about these basketball losses. And the Brahms are doing their damnedest to make that happen. Also, have to give a shout out to um, one of our favorites on the show, Pete Nocta, one of everybody's favorites. His wife put out on Twitter, she does this every year around this time, and it's always great to see. Seven years that he's been cancer-free now after a, a very scary run-in with cancer back uh, when he was far too young, back uh, in the late, I guess early aughts. I know he was dealing with that in 2012, 2013, 2014, around then. Uh, but seven years, he's been totally cancer-free. That is fantastic news. Uh, the, the big story of the day, I think, at least to me, outside of TK guaranteeing a win over North Carolina, has been... Josh Hurd talking to the media about a variety of things. He we, we spent a lot of time in the first hour talking about his comments regarding Kenny Payne, voicing his support for him, explaining a little bit or trying to explain a little bit about why the team has been so far down. We talked about him saying, you know, we're, we're committed to playing Indiana for three years at this point. We're definitely going to have to play them this upcoming season. We'll see about the two years after that. The one area where we haven't talked about when it comes to his comments was talking about the stadium naming rights. It's been a long time. I mean, it's been Papa John's Cardinal Stadium has been gone for a while. How is that as a big? The, the entire Vince era was like it's around the corner. It was yeah, because it was Neely Bendipudi was new. Because I remember we were all like, "Damn, she pulled the trigger fast!" Like the second that that end bomb left his mouth, it was no longer Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. Which until they give a new name, I'm still going to slip up and call Papa John's all the time. I've gotten over it. I was happy to lose the Papa John's. I, the only thing I don't like about it is I don't mind losing. I just I, I, I like the nickname the Big Oven or the Big Slice or the Oven. I like those. Things. I thought those were cool. UK fans thought that was fun and teasing when the name right came around back when I was you know eighteen, nineteen, 19 when it first came out. But I, I, I embraced it and I kind of liked the nickname. I was not the biggest fan. I was. So that's why that's the only thing I didn't like. About I was it. happy to lose it. But we're Cardinal Stadium. We've been Cardinal Stadium since I believe twenty eighteen. Okay. Now, it's been a long time, and we keep getting hints, like you said. You know, Vince Tyree throughout his tenure, it was like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And Josh Hurd said in July, six months ago, that they were going to have a corporate partner purchase naming rights for Cardinal Stadium, quote, sooner rather than later. <laughs> I mean, 
So it's now been six months. <laughs> he said today that Louisville is, quote, getting closer. He said, I can tell you that we've had a number of conversations. I do think we are getting closer to reaching some sort of agreement. But until their signature is on a piece of paper, I'm never going to say anything is done. So while I do think there's an opportunity there, we just have to make sure we continue down the road and that our potential partner is happy. And then ultimately, this has to be approved by our board of trustees. Heard said he is ha- hopeful to make sure that, quote, everybody is happy to- and get something announced here. So it's coming. It's like uh, George R.R. R. Martin with those dragons. Oh, they're, they're coming. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> they're coming. Heard continued. It's really, really important. But once again, making sure you look at the whole picture. As I've said, we're not just slapping some sponsor up on our stadium. That's our identity. That's our football program's identity. So, wow, do we make sure we are partnering with a really good partner and that they're going to enhance our brand? Like I said, I think there's a path to get there. We just need to see if we can get there in short order. Big X Cardinal Stadium. I mean, just, just take the highest bidder. We know that's what you're thinking. Don't tell me that, that you're not going to sell it to – Joe's older and dirt if they come in with twenty million it would come in with the right amount of money. You'll put that name on the stadium. What if Kroger just doubles up? They're like, we want both. <laughs> both programs. Kroger Field. Two of them. Kroger Fields. Should we be like Biggs or Myers or something, maybe? Who who's the rival? I mean, there's no Publix here. Is it Myers, isn't it? Myers, there's not many of them around anymore, I don't think. Are they, are they diminishing? Kroger won. Meyer came in. Meyer came in flexing. They were sending out VHSs. I remember when they, because I lived kind of close to the Meyer that opened up by the, the summit, and where they they gave us all VHS tapes in our, our mailboxes to watch about all that Meyer could do. People were so excited, and I mean Kroger won. Kroger Kroger was the, yeah, the OG. They came. in. They had the old tricks. They beat Biggs. I remember that. Biggs is done. Biggs was cool though because you had the quarter in the cart. I mean, I guess it's Kroger versus like Walmart. Well, Walmart won't do that. They already got Arkansas. Kroger Field. Uh, we'll we'll take the money if we're Kroger Field one, and they can be Kroger Field two. The little Krog. the little Croger. There's got to be somebody better. Who's, who's... I feel like Planet Fitness is the obvious choice. I mean, they got a ton of money. They're local. They I mean, sponsor everything. We 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 had to go away from Papa John's local. What about rallies? I don't think Rallies has. Texas Roadhouse? Not sure Rallies has stadium money. <laughs> Chick-fil-A? You need like a brand. It's like, you know, we have Yum Brands does KFC Yum Center. It's, it's not just one. Well, just Yum just buy the football then, too. What if it was Papa coming back? <laughs> feel like he's. If it's Papa coming back, do we get Shaq in the house? Papa gives the, the, uh, the Shawshank Redemption speech. <laughs> have you been rehabilitated? Oh. <laughs> like, which one? Which one Stamp my name on your little stadium. <laughs> Yeah, interesting fact about that movie, when you watch that and he stamps the picture, the picture is actually a, a, 15, a 16-year-old Morgan Freeman in that picture. That's a good fact. Yeah. I like that. It's actually a kid. It's a, they wanted the younger They wanted to look like him, so he gave him a picture of him when he was in high school to use on the uh, on the form that he stamped. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Well done. Um, I'm not here just for guarantees and, and entertainment to, you know, to be mocked and laughed at. Speaking of your guarantee. I'm here to bring up facts, baby. Speaking of your guarantee, it's looking a little bit better. Than it, it, it did when you first made it because it seems like you know we have no official announcements yet from North Carolina, but it seems more likely than not that both members of UNC starting front court, uh, Armando Baycott and Pete Nance, are going to miss this game. And Baycott is 
clearly you know all about him. He's averaging a double-double. He's one of the best players in the country. He killed us last year. Pete Nance is one of the best transfers in the country coming from Northwestern. He's their third-leading third scorer and second-leading rebounder. Without those two guys, it becomes a much, much different game. He's the son of Larry, not Jim. He's the son of Larry. He's not Jim's son. They spelled differently, but still brothers at heart. You, though, if for those just joining the show, you did this yesterday. You've backed it up today. You're guaranteeing a victory over North Carolina. Yes. Tell the people exactly why you're so confident that this is the day it all comes together and the cards get off the get out of the doghouse and into the win column in ACC play for the first time. I feel Louisville is just ready to to, to get that the, the, the explode in terms of getting that big win. You saw it with a little bit of Western. I'm not saying again. By guaranteeing this win, I don't want people to think that I'm saying the season's turning around right away on Saturday. I think we turn around and probably lose to Pittsburgh right after this, unfortunately. And then we come back and be Boston College, but that's no here nor there. We'll get to that later on next week and the weeks after. But I'm not saying the season's turning around with this this game, but this just feels like the, the perfect storm of a game. Louisville's, Louisville's been playing much better over the last four or five games. They haven't been able to get over the hump. Really just trying to get over that 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 awful hump of giving up the five-minute stretch of 16 nothing runs that they've been given. We get past that. We we are in these games. We've been fighting back. We've been falling short. We just need to get over it mentally. And I think North Carolina is a team that has been has been known, especially since last year, at least under Hubert Davis, can underachieve sometimes. Can some as as I pointed out without knowing this, but now I'm going to use it because now I know it has been bad on the road this year. Uh, they are four. They are banged up now. I made this prediction before the bang up thing, but it works out perfectly. I just I feel like this just the stars have aligned perfectly for this to be a Louisville game and Louisville to get that signature win for the season that they they desperately need to hang their hat on in terms of going forward and maybe winning one or two more games this year and even going into the off season. Are you allowed to have a signature win when you only have three wins? Well, they're all signature wins technically at that point. I don't, I don't know if I don't know if teams that that don't have an NCAA tournament resume are allowed to use the, the term signature win. I think yeah, I think when you're when you're trying if you're a coach and you're trying to recruit and you you've had a six win season maybe, and you can look back and go okay, well we have struggled. We we're building a culture to to take from Kenny Payne. Maybe I'll um, here's what we're doing. We're building a culture, and what I'm telling you is we've got big wins, and one of them was we started we beat North Carolina, and that's a team that's in the tournament. They were defending. Defending Final Four and National Championship game representatives, they came in our house and we beat them. That's what that's the culture we're building here at Louisville. Well, the the other thing is that's what he's going to tell, and that, that's something you can you, you can use to tell you can for yeah. sure. But the other thing is, if we beat North Carolina tomorrow, when when we beat North Carolina tomorrow, <laughs> I got correct your English. Do it to me. <laughs> they may not be in the NCAA tournament. They possibly might not. I mean, it seems like a foregone conclusion because they were preseason number one and they got hot last year and made a run to the the national title game. They're eleven and six right now. They've got one quad one victory. They're one and six in quad one games. This would be a quad four loss for them, which is embarrassing because it's being played on our home floor. They don't have a whole lot more uh, more opportunities for quad one victories because this conference is so far down. If they lose this, this could be a a huge, huge blow to them, which is somebody who gets annoyed by North Carolina friends uh, frequently. I would enjoy seeing them squirm a little bit, much like they should have been squirming after they should have lost to us last year at the KFC Yum Center. But that's, I mean, we're looking at it from our standpoint. It would clearly be a nice, it'd be the biggest feather in Kenny Payne's cap so far. It'd be the biggest thing that you could point to and say, look, 
look at how bad we were when we were playing Power 5 teams in November. Look at us now. Look at the improvement two months later. We just beat a team that was a couple of shots away from winning the national title last year and brought back, what, four starters from that team, three of their best players from that Mm -hmm. team. Look at us now. I hope it happens. I really, really do. I don't have nearly as much faith as you do. It's all right. You don't have to have the faith. You, you know what? You lack the faith when, when you, you you thought the Jeff Brom faith was 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 overzealous when when we didn't when it didn't happen and Satterfield was kept by 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 Tody Vince and you were like okay maybe I think you you felt the dream go away there too and I didn't let it go well, yeah for that year I didn't let it go I held on to the dream me and my man on, on the internet on the Twitter on the Twitter we held on I mean we, I held on to the dream I just didn't we think- held on. You thought you it was let the dream like, die. I did you not. You squashed it. I did you not. You stepped on it. You spin your foot on it. You spit on it. You threw it in the trash. You take that, and you're doing the same thing to our dreams tomorrow. Don't be a Debbie Downer. Don't be a dream killer. None of this happened, by the way. None of that happened. Says you. You did not predict that Scott Satterfield was going to leave for Cincinnati after the year. Why did anybody say dumb? <laughs> I didn't either. That's the whole point. But I held, I held on to the Brom dream, and my dream came true. By the way, Publix is coming to Louisville. <laughs> I'm sorry, no, I just, I'm gonna stop myself right now. Okay. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm sitting on, on a weekend of Martin Luther King Day. I have a dream too, my okay, friend. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and that's beating North Carolina. Good lord. Um You thought I was gonna make the Jewish community mad. <laughs> I still do. Oh, there's time. We still got minutes. I'm still concerned. We still got forty two minutes. Still got thirty two minutes. I can still do it. We got plenty of time though. <laughs> the Carolina fans who listen to the show are not happy with you. I don't care. They they recognize that they are not playing well. They feel like they're on upset alert, but they feel like you don't know what you're talking about when it comes to Carolina. Okay, first of all, do we really have that many Carolina listeners? They're everywhere. I mean, what do you, what do you spies like we are Americans or something? Big fan base. I Boris the, the Carolina fan. Um, what do you mean? I don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, I know I know what team you have. What you're, you're telling me? You you haven't been sporadic under Hubert Davis in two years. You're telling me you haven't somewhat played down to some competition in the last two years and been up in. And not played at the level that you should play at on a regular basis at North Carolina with the talent you do have and the talent we know you have because we saw you do it in six games in the NCAA tournament last year over the last two years in Hugh Davis. Are you saying that's a false? I'm with all the records are the records lying to me? Is everybody online just is a mass mass a mass cover up? Nailed it. Conspiracy? I'm with you. Is that what you're telling me, Tario fans? Or are you telling me maybe a real conspiracy is not letting your kids have to actually go to class for twenty three years? Ooh. Ooh. I took two years of Western. That's more than four years of real education in North Carolina. I like it. Now, the real question for North Carolina tomorrow, if we're talking <laughs> seriously about the game, is what do they do to replace Baycott and Nance? Now, Nance did not play against Virginia, so they've already had a little bit of experience in this. I thought he started the game, though, didn't he? No, Baycott did. Baycott, oh, Baycott got hurt two right, minutes Nance, in. You're right, you're right. Yes, yeah. That's why I missed him. Yeah. <laughs> They have the option of either going very small, the lineup we were talking about a little bit earlier, or they can play the two freshmen in, in the front court, Seth Trimble and Jalen Washington, who's the more highly touted of those two. Um, Trimble is kind of the energy 
defense, hustle, stat stuffing guy. Washington is the more polished recruit who can do more on the offensive end for you. And like we said at the very beginning of the show, this is a game where if you're circling one player and saying, this is your moment, like, like this, is, this is the time to shine, I think it's Sidney Curry. It's a guy who was really great on the offensive end down the stretch last season, who's been playing with a little bit more energy recently, picking up the stats a little bit. If you don't have Baycott and Nance in there to deal with, this should be an opportunity for Curry to put up some solid offensive numbers. If he doesn't, you kind of feel like you're you're screwed. Washington, if you're if that does wind up being the matchup, he's he's six ten, so he's got a couple of inches on Curry, but he's he's frail. He's one of those freshmen that you look at and you're like he's going to be a player two years from now, but he's going to have to put on some pounds. Curry's probably got like fifty pounds on him. It's a guy that Sydney should be able to bully in the paint a little bit if he catches the ball in the right spot. And it's not just on Curry. I mean, you've got to recognize this if you're his teammate. You've got to see when Sidney Curry has good position inside. You've got to get the ball to him quickly in a position to score and then let him do what he's supposed to be doing all season long, which is put up points when he catches the ball in the block. So I would love to see Sidney go off. You're obviously going to need more than just that. L's going to have to play within himself. Carolina's going to, doesn't matter whether it's the small lineup or the fast lineup. They're going to do what they do, which is play at a breakneck speed use that secondary break to turn, you know, transition opportunities into half court offense. Like they're they're going to speed you up. They want Louisville to play fast. They want to turn Louisville, Louisville over a bunch. Um they want Louisville to get out of control. They don't play quite as fast as some of the Carolina teams in the past, but that's not going to change. I mean, I can go down they're going to get up and things down. that Louisville has to do or can't do or can't, you know, do to win this game. I mean, they obviously they can't allow North Carolina to to have one of their, you know, five minute, six minute gaps where they they outscores by eighteen points. That's not, I don't think that that's going to happen. I think Louisville does have a mini version of that in this game, but they in the, the North Carolina League goes to only maybe eight or nine, and in a range where Louisville can make the comeback and take the lead, and Louisville gets the lead back with about six minutes left in the game before they pull away and win by six. I like it. I mean, I like it. I don't see it, but I like it. By the way, Sean McVay's coming back to the Rams. Oh yeah, they're. I mean, Bay's, I don't know. I feel like just had to get rid of Liam Cohen. Some of being overrated. I mean, it's hard to say a year after he won the Super Bowl. I mean, he's and he's been there, but like he's every it's like either Super Bowl or it's like bad season. He's he, it didn't. I mean, they, they didn't make the playoffs the year after he went to the Super Bowl the first time and lost. I mean, nobody's perfect. I know. I know. Except for the seventy-two dollars. I'd say the good outweighs the bad. Uh by the way, the, there's no early line yet. I just checked again and was hoping that we could get one before. The college basketball line's coming out like 12 hours before the game is still the dumbest thing. I don't I don't know why every other sport gets a full week to get their lines out, but college basketball. Where, where do you check for the lines at? Uh, I always go to Vegas Insider or just the DraftKings site. That's why I was DraftKings as well. I, I, I would figure. But the, the Ken Palm spread right now, it's, it's up. It's better than it was yesterday. Uh, it's got North Carolina winning 80-65. to 65. It gives Louisville an 8% chance of winning this game. My guess is that with Nance and Baycott out, that line is going to be lower than 15, probably closer to, I don't know, 11-10. I, said 11, nine and half earlier. I, I can see it dropping down to, to 9.5 or somewhere around there. I bet it starts at like 10.5-11, but we'll find out shortly. All right, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, you guys have, have been filling up the text line during the segment. I'm not sure why. I'm scared to check why. But we will take as many texts as we can, and then we'll do some predictions for tomorrow's game and then also a little NFL this weekend. It's the wild card weekend. We're excited yeah. about it. Everything's happening. We'll get into all that good stuff coming up after the break here on the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X. 
He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It caught on in a flash. He did the match. He did the monster match. From my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom. And North Carolina goes and down. They down. And they say yeah. And they say yeah. Up, down, up, down. Cause all I do is weep, And if you go in here, put your hands yeah. in the air. Ludacris Luda, Luda going in on the verse. Let's say this, this happens tomorrow. Let, let's say Louisville knocks off North Carolina at 2 p.m. Game's over 4.15-ish. Trevor's right. He called his shot. He's Babe Ruth. He's walking it off. How do you spend the rest of your day? I mean, what, what, what's the TK celebration going to be like? I mean, I can assume. <laughs> no, I, you have no. I would. I bet you. I give you five guesses. You'll never guess what I'll, how I'll be celebrating that win. Well, if it's not, I've only got one guess, which is just you getting high and like really high. I'm just prepared. For ordering a bunch of food and then hanging out at home the rest of the day, but getting maybe more high and eating even more than usual would be my guess. But what's What's the actual answer? Well, you're half right. Okay. You can let your imagination figure out which half is right. I would love it if it was like you going out to a fancy dinner with a group of friends we or a, a fan- young lady. We go to fancy dinners like when the Blues Brothers go to the, the, the restaurant to get their the dude back. And they're like, How much for the women? I want to buy your women. Okay. A little girl. <laughs> That's me at a fancy dinner, okay? Uh, no, I'll be celebrating. On my way up to Southern Indiana to do a little high school basketball tomorrow. Ah, night. there it is. Yes. There it is. Who's I've, I've already warned Matt Dennison my state of mind both on the broadcast. Who do we have tomorrow on the X? Um, Can we call it the X? You know what? I'm doing it. I'm not even asking permission. Tonight is New Albany in Floyd Central, I think. Okay. Tomorrow, I have no idea. I feel like every game that we have from Southern Indiana is the same team. Oh, it's one of those two teams. It's always New Albany. Well, last night was New Albany Jeff Women's. Yeah. Um, it is. Where's my text group? Let's see here. How are my Silver Creek guys doing? It's my team. Who's Silver Creek? I have no idea. Why don't you figure it out? Uh, let's see. Oh, it's uh. Jeff, I don't care. I know, but I care because I want people to know they're somebody right now. Driving in his car, going, love of God, do I take tomorrow off or not? Because I need to know if I need to tune into the X and hear what Matt Dennison calls, and you want to, because you got Jeff and you got Providence Saturday night. No. I literally had the right game tonight, except it's Jeff and Floyd Central. I'm more, Floyd Central was the one, their baseball team followed me on Twitter, so I'm a Floyd Central guy. Okay. They're playing at Jeff tonight. I don't think Jeff follows me. And then, then Jeff and Providence on Saturday. And you know how I feel about Silver Creek. Those Providence my... is where uh, Big Easy, I believe, went. Well, now I don't like them. We don't like Big Easy? I love Easy. I'm just kidding. Are you add him to the list of people you hate? I love him. My list of three? Your, your list of people hate. You, I, I like the like Steve Buscemi when he, before he gets the, when he, when he's <laughs> Billy Madison. You got the list of people you hate. No, it's those three that I mentioned, and then that umpire who was mean to me all the time, in, like St. Matthews, through high school. Oh, Ray Harper. Oh, I hate Ray Harper. <laughs> I hate Ray Harper. <laughs> I, that was the name that was avoiding me. I was like, everybody there, hates Ray there Harper. Was somebody we were like, there's somebody we just talked about less than an hour ago. You hated, and I couldn't remember it was Ray Harper. They, 
I'll, the I'll, list keeps growing. I'll put the curtain since you brought Ray Harper up again. I'll put the, when Bellerman went down there and kicked their ass the, last weekend. They you know they have walked through. Bellerman had heard from a different team that the Jacksonville State team had been spying on them during their walkthrough. And so they they went to like the the glass that you can see through, and they like waved, like "Hey Ray," like waved at him. Uh, they don't know if they saw him or not. But when it was time, you know, you have the court for like an hour, and it wasn't. He's like, they didn't sign us in until 15 minutes after we were supposed to already be on the floor. We're getting ready to leave. It's not even four o'clock when they're supposed to be taking it. And Ray Harper's like, "Oh, don't worry, they're gonna get off our mother bleeping court," like screaming it at him. I would. The guy's an absolute ass. He's this an like absolute a, ass. He's gonna build a movie like this is our ice. He's the worst. Take uh, your JV ducks and get off the ice. Last I, <laughs> he basically is. He basically is the the Hawks coach. Like he's the, the or uh, Wolf the dentist, Stanson from from two, except with less success. He's the worst. I hate him. I always kind of like the Hawks coach though. He's awesome. <laughs> he's, I mean, the collar pop. Like, like I've always wondered. Like, a did anybody? Because he told him that if you lose this game, no one gets. Did any of those kids actually make the team the next year in the Hawks? I don't know. Plus, I mean. What happened? What happened to the goalie that gave up the goal? Like that poor kid. He might become like a crackhead and stuff because of this. Dead. Jack Riley drove him to. <laughs> like, I want thing. a documentary of the where are they now? The Hawks team that lost to the Ducks in 1991. One of my buddies was watching it with his kid for the first time, and I I don't have the exact number, but he was talking about. They say that Gordon Bombay. They're like you scored 122 goals that year or something like that. I'm like, how many games did they play? <laughs> By the way, who keeps stats in little league numbers that way? They're big about <laughs> hockey in Minnesota, but they, like, I mean, he had to have averaged like 17 goals a game unless they. And you know that they don't play that many because they have their records on the the little board when they, we found out the Cardinals get the measles. Like they don't play that many games, but also yeah, also was confused how they they met the Hawks in the title game. Like they clearly the worst team in the Hawks were the best. I, we've talked about this. Yeah, how how they didn't match up right away yeah. is baffling. Let's go to the Thornton text line here. We'll get to as many of these as we can before we make some predictions for the weekend ahead. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Texter says, "Got stuck in work with a bunch of go-getters and I am not. Please help." That's Bunch of go, they're go getters. That should be good, right? Does that make you can sit back and let them go do it, and you can act pretend like you're working? You try to match their energy. I don't, I don't like getting in, stuck in those situations. Period. That's well, I, I feel sorry for you. Crank up the radio. Throw a chair. That's my solution to everything. Throw a chair. Yeah. Boom, you're out of there. Why you got to match their energy though? Can't you just kind of like pretend to match and like let them, like just kind of fade back and let them do the work? If you want to get fired, well, you don't know if you're getting fired. You can you probably they know you're you're involved in doing everything. Texter says, speaking of Brian being banned, in his prime at UofL around 2007-ish, I was behind him in line getting into Tango Said Cantina at 4th Street, and the bouncer wouldn't let him in because of ripped jeans. <laughs> he was with a banger, though. I told you about it. <laughs> that, I mean, first of all, Brian wearing ripped jeans, nothing's made me happier. I'm about to send a, a few texts after the, seeing that. Uh, but also not getting allowed into Fourth Street at the height of his popularity is wonderful. He did, we did the show. I think I've seen, you've seen the picture where he did he did the uh, show with Renshaw and he showed up with the security guard. No, he, could, he, had, he had a cop with him. <laughs> he like popped in with a. He, we did a show. It was at uh, Cadoba, like on Barstow Road, I think. And like he he shows up there with like a, like a security guard to do the show. Best part is, is in the middle of the show, Sosa goes into Cadobas to get food and he comes and just joins the show. Like, where's your security card? <laughs> I remember Fourth Street used to not let you be able to wear a hat. I've no I've been to Fourth Street Live one time in my entire life. Uh girls dating drug me there. Um, we went for I, I just I 
I, I can say I don't rem- I say I hated it, but I mean, I had a good time when we got home that night, so I, I didn't hate that bad. Thank you for that. She was happy, so that's all I needed. Texas says the salad that TK ordered was terrible. He should have just started with something basic like an Outback salad or a salad from Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Strawberries and whatever else he picked sounded awful. Yeah, I agree, Texas. It was a poorly constructed well, salad. Well, what can I say? I've never ordered a salad. I'm, I'm, I was, I'm, I'm novice with this. I it's didn't know. Kenny Payne constructed salad. I was unaware. The that roster was prop- improperly designed. Plus, he tried to poison me with raw chicken. It's not raw chicken. It's just cold because it's on a salad. It's co- It's raw. It's not raw. No one eats cold chicken except for sociopaths and Republicans. Mary watched that that video and she's like, "He really hasn't eaten salad, has he?" Because when you're like, "It's like got salmonella, it's cold." Because <laughs> like, he never eaten a salad like once before, apparently. Texas Lamar is counting on Baltimore letting him go, and he wants to go to Miami anyway. Conveniently, the Dolphins need a starter now that it's proven that Tua can't hold up to NFL hits. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, the worst case scenario that's out there for for Lamar because I don't think he's playing period but if he if he he's is not. close let's say the Ravens pull an upset and then they bring him back like he's like I want to go I want to potentially win a Super Bowl and he just plays like crap and they get beat that would be the worst thing but I, I'm with you I think he's he knows what he's doing he's he's not gonna play I still don't know I, I still think Atlanta would be the, the perfect spot for him I can see that I think they have the, the they have the, the the probably the capital to make the move and the uh, the, if they have to do a sign and trade type deal, which they probably would end up doing, uh, they have the tools around them. I think the coaching staff would be a perfect fit for them. I think it would be a good move. Texas has one more season for a TV show. If I had to pick, I'd pick My Name is Earl. You've said that before, too. Yeah, I love it. That's, uh, I got to know who Dodge's father is. Texas says, what will, Trevor's ex- be, uh, what will Trevor's excuse be on Monday when UNC beats us tomorrow? I was on drugs. <laughs> I am a golden god. <laughs> My last word. Rethink those last words. I dig music. I dig music. All right. And I'm on drugs. <laughs> a great scene. It is a good scene. I never said I was a golden god, did I? <laughs> Texas Trevor is baffled that the expendable income to give. Trevor's baffled that people have the expendable income to give $50. Meanwhile, Trevor pays to have almost every meal delivered to his house. <laughs> you are an enigma. You're a difficult person to figure out. That's very well good point pointed out, Dexter. Thank Texas you. says, now have Trevor rank Jewish mayors. No. <laughs> Texas well, says... Well, what's the name? Didn't win the mayor race. What? Didn't, uh, didn't the J-Town guy didn't win, right? He didn't. Oh, no, the Jewish guy did win, right? That's right. Texture says, does, does KP have to make the tournament to stay? I think most fans feel that way. I can't answer the question. I can only talk about my specific expectations, which I agree. I, I think he needs to make the tournament in year two. Texture yeah, says, not this year, though. No, well, that's no. If, if he doesn't make the tournament this year, he's gone. <laughs> so why don't you just say that you want him gone? I mean, he was the win the AC tournament, though. That's the only route. Yeah. I mean, we've already, we've already, we looked into it. If yeah, he wins out, that, yeah, up until the ACC championship game and loses, we're still not making the tournament. He's got to win the, the, the conference tournament. What if we had fewer? Because it would take five wins to win the ACC tournament starting on Tuesday. What if we got more wins in five days than we had the entire season leading up? Like we, we we go into the tournament with three wins, we win five in five days. A true Cinderella. Story. How many wins did Georgetown win when they won their? God, they they had like, I think I want to say they had like ten or eleven last yeah, year. Yeah, they were low. Or and two so, years and ago. so was well, no, Oregon State. Oregon State had like sixteen. I think. They I think were, Oregon State had like nine. I, I really they were terrible. I thought they were closer to five hundred. They were way down there. I could be wrong about that because I don't think they were five hundred when they ended up going into the. Uh, 
the NCAA tournament. I feel like they had a losing record still. And I think Georgetown was maybe closer to five. Maybe I've got that backwards. I could be wrong. Because Oregon State was the one who ended up making the run to the Elite Eight, right? Yes. Oregon State was – yeah, I'm wrong about that. They they weren't – They were close to 500, right? They were above 500. Oh, they were? Okay. Yeah. They now, had, I know Georgetown wasn't. Yeah, Georgetown was not. Oregon State – they were only the five seed in that tournament. It was a big upset, but I was thinking it was way worse than it was. Why am I not finding – that was the 21 tournament, right? Yeah. Oregon State had 20 wins. Oh, yeah. Georgetown, 13-13. and 13. Okay. So, neither would be close to as surprising as us winning, but it could happen. It's not going to happen. Well, but though, if we get five wins a tournament right there, that's, that puts us at seven. I mean, yeah. Those 13 wins, I assume, are included in their tournament run. Texas, I saw that we heard, I saw that we made Trenton Flowers top five, and then I immediately heard that he's a UNC bound fella. Tell me I heard wrong. Now, that seems to be the, the assumption. Texas, I still wish that it was Moby Dick, a whale of a football team, Cardinal Stadium, would be perfect for Lent season. It's a big Catholic uh, city. They closed a lot of Moby Dicks, though, didn't they? The one close to us did. It just closed. The Silver Road one? Yeah, it's going to be. That was, icon- that was the one I used to go with my grandfather and grandparents all the time. Now it's going to be a Blaze Pizza, I think. What a corporate sellout. Texas Publix is entering the market. Maybe a Publix versus Kroger Field thing. I'd love Publix Field. Still never been to Publix. I'll enjoy Publix. The sub I, people hop at the subs too much. They're okay. They're fine. They're not like the best thing in the world. The the one place that baffles me is still like how how people are so obsessed with is the the Bucky's place. How people love it. I mean, I was I was driving this last week and I'm I see a sign that says for Bucky's it says like you're you're like 82 miles off the next exit and you're at a Bucky's. I'm like, what are people like making road trips to go to Bucky's? And people love Bucky's. It's a grocery store for God's sake. It's huge. So? So it was Biggs? I'm just saying. I mean, people, people really enjoy it. I guess. I mean. By the way, Russ Smith tweeted this about the, the 2013 anniversary coming up. He said, every 10-year anniversary should be celebrated. What would take this day to the next year uh, to the next level is if the banners went back up. The fans want it. The players want it. The basketball community knows it should be there. I'm extremely grateful for the coaches, staff, and teammates that I had during my time. And this will be an amazing day. I hope we can all find it to come out. It would be nice to pack the arena while cheering on our current guys. Not every school or player experiences 20K fans for every game. Thank you again to Louisville for honoring our team. Now, that was the other thing Josh Hurd did talk about today that we have not discussed on the show. He brought up, you know, because I think it was Montrez Harrell. A lot of people didn't, didn't see or I guess they'd forgotten that in the initial preseason announcement of promotions, like UBL's announced this before the year, during the Clemson game, they're going to honor the 2012-13 team. The way that they phrased it was the iconic 2012-13 team because they're not allowed to say national championship winning team. And people saw Montrezl Harrell's tweet talking about, I heard the Ville is the place to be this weekend, and you know now they're going to honor finally what we did. And you're like, Mike's the banner going back up. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think the banner's going to go back up. But Heard elaborated a little bit and said, obviously we wanted to give the opportunity to that team and to our fans to recognize those achievements. And so that's the Clemson game. We're going to do everything that we're allowed to do. Are we going to have to have some conversations about some things that we're allowed to do? Yes, we will do that from an NCAA standpoint. And once again, looking at the entirety of the picture in that NCAA case, decisions, those sanctions, it was very clear that we cannot recognize various teams in any form or fashion from a public standpoint. But is there an opportunity or is there a path forward to try that? We're going to try. I think that this is going to wind up being... Don't expect to hear them reference the, the championship. They're not going yeah. to. But I think the players will. And I think, you know, 
I think you're going to have a lot of fine line speak from the PA. Like they'll refer to it as like you know they won this many games and they you know their final game came against Michigan. Like they won't actually say NCAA champions. They won't talk about anything regarding the NCAA tournament. But then you're going to get the players on the mics. At least a couple of them will talk during the halftime of the game. And they're going to be like, we all know what happened. And like, we all know that there's a banner that needs to be up there. Like, that's going to happen and the place is going to go nuts. But for U of L, like, they're the ones who can't come out and definitively say, you know, we won the national title. We know that, all that stuff. Like, it's just going to, it's going to be kind of annoying that they have to do that. But I'm glad that they're doing something. It would feel wrong if they went this entire season without having any sort of recognition about the 10 year anniversary of our last national title. People have noted, by the way, Iona does not have a game that day. They've got a. Oh. They play Friday, Sunday. Once they get into the league schedule oh. in the MAAC, they do the Ivy League thing where they play two games in a weekend. But Patino, I can't imagine he'd want to leave in the middle of a conference weekend, spend the entire oh, day I'm, here. I'm just more thinking of doing a video thing. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But I he, would. I would. He technically is off. I, I would. I can't. I think 100 shocked if he was to show up. Now I wouldn't be as shocked if he did a video because. I was pretty shocked we did the one again, the Notre Dame game, to be honest with you. And if he's willing to do that one, then I can see him doing this one. Yeah. Texas says. He's got a tattoo for this season. He did, for God's sake. Texas says um, Southern grocery train Piggly Wiggly would come in with a splash on the naming rights before they announced they're coming to Louisville. Do you ever go to Piggly Wiggly? I've been to a Piggly Wiggly. I've been to my, when my aunt lived in, uh, in Baseball, Mississippi. They, that was like the only store they had with a Piggly Wiggly. We used to go there all the time. Piggly is cool. Yeah. Typically, Cardinal Stadium would be a mouthful, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate it. I mean, Ralph's is that the place that Big Lebowski is the, is the only card to? <laughs> <laughs> they exist. I, the first time I ever saw Ralph's, I was like, "Wow, it's the Lebowski." Texas says is Pierce Clarkson implying on Twitter that DeAndre Moore and Ruben Owens might still come. I don't. I I saw him tweet. He tweeted something like, "We're going to be back together soon" or something. I. I that could mean anything. I've got no idea. I wouldn't hate it if Ruben Owens was like, I'm not playing for Bobby Petrino. <laughs> I'm back. Texas Trev, do you ever still talk to Dave Ragone? Uh, not in a while. It's been a while. It's been probably a couple years since I've heard from him. Ragone's a good guy. Yeah, I loved working with Ragone. It was fun. I was I was happy to see him getting venture into coaching when he left uh, working radio with us, but uh, that was when he took the Hartford job with Chris Palmer. Mm. And uh, then, of course, that, but that led, you know, to the the quality assistant job with the Titans, which led to the the job with the Redskins, which led to the job with the Bears, which that connections in the Titans have led to his job right now. So, yeah. Texas, the 2023 recruits right now are at Kern's Corner. I love these guys already. I do love that they're doing like a tour. Like they were eating wings at Mama's the other night. They were like taking suggestions from the fans about where to go. Really? They're just like touring the city. And Kern's Corner, fan, you can't. Experience Louisville without going to Kearns. That's a place on Westport Road, right? Or on Barstown. Oh, I know. Okay, I know. Yeah, yeah I know that place. That was. I, I think I went there one time and they didn't take credit cards. Yeah, it's it, it's a I place was, only like, for cash on me. It's a place only for Louisville fans and horse racing degenerates. Best case scenario is you're both of those things, but it's it's terrific. Great chili. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I didn't get I didn't get didn't, I guess you had beaten there because I didn't they didn't take credit cards and it was yeah I don't believe it. Texas Flyville 23 at Kern's Corner as we speak. If they make the playoffs in a couple of years, they must thank all the local eateries they visited to get their career started out right. If we win, also, I'm flooding a certain Tar Heel fan named Tate's Twitter timeline. <laughs> Poor Tate Frazier. He's already, he's, he's already unhappy enough. Leave him alone. 
Texas, was Trevor really in France or was that a joke? I can't imagine him leaving the country. <laughs> Trevor was not in France. I was in Paris. Paris, Texas. Somebody said when you were going, like, I can actually see Trevor in Paris, Paris, Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> Alvin Sims from Paris, Kentucky. I don't, he is. That's a good call. I don't think I could do, like, I don't think I can handle a cross Atlantic flight. Like, it's just, it's not fun. It's like 14 hours, isn't it? The one we took to Italy was eight. Ireland was a little bit shorter. Italy, I, I did it perfect on the way over. Like, I took, like, the you know, Ambien. And I, I remember I was awake for the first 45 minutes of the flight. I fell asleep. I woke up, like, right as we were getting ready to land. It was perfect. Yeah, I would definitely have And then coming back could not have been more of a disaster. I was awake the entire time. Ambien didn't work. Ugh. On the way to Ireland, my, I, I get restless legs uh, sometimes. My restless legs were going nuts. It was the most miserable. I couldn't, like, sit still. I couldn't stand up. It was terrible. That was awful. Coming back was okay, but it's not fun. I would definitely take something, uh, drug myself to pass out. I'd have to go to sleep and sleep through it. I'd have to because it's just. I mean, I'm trying to think the longest flight. I mean, I just don't. I don't like flying in general. I don't either. either. I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather just drive any chance I get. I'm the same. I'm way. like, I'm madness. I mean, I'll fly. Don't get me wrong, I have, but I'm just not a big fan of it. Texas, it's pretty cool seeing the early enrolled football players tour the local U of L restaurants. They That's apparently cool. forgot to tell Pierce they went to Mama's, uh, and they went to Kearns today. I can confirm Clarkson is with them. Where in the world will the team end up next? What is Mama's? Mama's mustard and pickles. Oh, I've been okay. Yes, I've tried that place. It's okay. I like. I'm a big fan. It's, uh, yeah, I don't like mustard or pickles, so uh, I was. You know, I mean, they have the best chicken wings in the city. I think. I have been there. Yeah, I've been there once or twice before. It's not bad. Yeah. Texas. Does anyone know if Dino is still officiating youth leagues with his dog in tow? <laughs> oh, it's a call from our old show. I don't know if he is anymore. I've not heard from Dino recently. I know that he's still on. He's still on Facebook. He's still. I thought they were talking about Gaudio. No, different that's, Dino. That's what I, still like. doing his barbecue. Uh, still, still queuing. Still trying to get John okay. Ramsey in the pit. He's yeah. Dino's still doing his, his Dino thing. Um, all right, NFL playoffs this weekend. Oh yeah, baby. Let's do a couple quick predictions. I'm feeling better and better about my preseason prediction. We have to go back and find the audio, but I said. Chiefs over the 49ers and Patrick Mahomes wins the MVP. I'm feeling pretty good. I think I completely, I think I just utterly pooped all over the bed in my predictions. Because I was big on the Eagles and you were not big on no, the Eagles. No, I was not. Yeah. At least as big as, as I was. I was but, utterly shocked the AFC West turned out as bad as it did from uh, the Broncos. Well, because I thought the Broncos would be much better. So, we, yeah, I think everybody did. Yeah. So we have to move through this pretty quickly and then we'll make our predictions all for right. tomorrow's game. Seahawks 49ers tomorrow, 430 Fox. Uh, 49ers. Ten straight wins. They're nine point favorite. Yeah, they cover. They're, 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 they're Should gonna, be the Lions. Should be the Lions. That's, that's going to be a massacre. They're going. The Seattle's going to get smoked. Chargers, Jags. Uh, Chargers are one and a half point favorite. This is kind of the dud game of the weekend to me. I don't know if it's a dud game. I think it could be entertaining. But it's. Uh, I love. I'm. I, I like the Jags. I love Peterson. I have to. He's got a statue of him. Um, I think they fall just short in this game, though. I, I'm going to say. You know what? Screw that. The Chargers are a choke artist. And it's Brandon. So is Brandon. The Jags up. Pull up the upset. Chargers by three. Uh, Dolphins, Bills. Bills are almost a two-touchdown favorite in this 1 o'clock on CBS Sunday. They don't cover that two touchdowns, but they win the game handily. I would say Bills win by 13. Uh, Giants-Vikes, also kind of a dud game. I think, I think the, the Vikes are frauds. I think the Giants suck. I don't know how they got in the playoffs. I'm just bitter about everything right now. 430, Fox. Vikes are a three-point favorite. This is the most important game for me to watch this week. You know why? Why? Because if the if the Giants win, that means we automatically play the Giants in the divisional. Oh, you crush them. We will crush them. So, Sweeney, we agree on something this weekend, other than we have no problem with girls with tattoos. I'm saying go Giants, buddy. 
Vikes winning cover. I think the Vikings are winning. But I would not be surprised if the Giants do win. The Vikings are. They're not good. They're, they are capable of being choke artists. They're the fraud kings. They are. Ravens, Bengals, 8 o'clock, NBC Sunday night. I think the Bengals win in cover. Bengals win 20 to 7. Eight and a half point favorite. I think they win uh, easily. Monday night, Cowboys, Bucks, America's team versus America's quarterback. <laughs> Puke. Cowboys are two and a half point favorites against a eight and nine team that's hosting a playoff game. Brady Magic, does it exist for another year, TK? I'm going Tampa mainly because Matthew uh, 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 Mike McCarthy is a is the utter buffoon. I think Tampa Bay wins too. I, I do, I, and I think everybody has. I think Brady throws for like 150 yards, and people are like, he's still got. It's like a Peyton Manning in his last year, where he's not really doing anything, but he's still the focal point. The defense isn't that good as, as Denver's was that season, even when it is healthy and it's not healthy. Um, but I think, yeah, I think they they win the game. Dallas poops the bed. Dak turns the ball over. Whatever, something like that. All right, the big show. Tomorrow, 2 o'clock, Cards hosting North Carolina. No line on the game just yet. It seems like it's off the board, according to some of the uh, the people on the text line. I wonder, it might be why it's not out yet because of the injuries. Though, I'm right? guessing so. I think Carolina wins. I think, I think Louisville has a chance to – I think Louisville covers again, depending on what the spread winds up being. But I'm going to say Carolina wins by 9, 80-71. TK, I know what you're going to say, so I'm letting you go last here. I was just scrolling through my uh, thing just to make sure it's not up on my side as well. To verify that. I'm gonna, well, yep, you're right. I'm not there. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know what the line is going to be. I don't care what the line is going to be. Because all that matters is how much money they're going to put me on the money line. Take Louisville. Take the points. Take the money line. Cards. Here's how the game's going. Louisville's going to have a nice little start. Better start than they've had in the past, similar to what the Clemson game is. We will have our little hiccup. But it won't be as bad as normal. Maybe two or three possessions where we come out a little empty. They take a little bit of a run. Take a lead. They go up by eight, seven, eight points. They hold on to that a little bit way. Ten minutes, nine minutes left in the second half. We turn it on. Boom. Crowd goes wild. The place is erupting. Pizza, pizza, Papa John's box is being thrown in the air. <laughs> it's going to be it's gonna be a, a hoot and a holler and a half. Okay? And then Louisville makes their run. Comes back. Takes the lead with about five minutes to play. Pulls away a little bit. Free throws. Ellis knocks him down to clinch it. Louisville wins the game by six. The text line, the text line is saying your prediction shook Vegas. That's why it's off the board. <laughs> Go Cards. Beat North Carolina. Everyone have a fantastic weekend. Damn right. We'll be back Monday weekend, baby. at 3 o'clock. Go Cards. Woo! Woo! Tell them, DJ. No matter what, got money on my mind. I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the field, Everybody hands go up And North Carolina goes down And they stay down